1: Recorded live, hey
0: everybody. It's out of darkness into the light, and I'm sitting here with a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh Bruce Gorman, and uh we talk a lot in private, and I actually haven't talked to Bruce much lately because, um, I just told him this is the busiest period in my entire life that I can recall because um I guess it's because I'm kind of ministering to people more on the phone. A lot of times what you're doing is just listening to people, you know, and just kind of giving emotional support, and, uh, but I've got a lot of people coming at me from all directions, and we've been on Skype a lot, not, not talk to you so much, and the other thing I've been doing is, um, evaluating, uh, a lot of these movies that they're just cranking out, I mean, I can't, I can't keep up with all this stuff, you, you, you could make a life career out of this, but, uh. Like I said before, they're, they're portraying uh, certain uh, you know, celestial beings and certain people that I believe, we believe, are here right now, and they're primarily mocking them uh, in these movies and also videos that they're putting out. I mean, we've talked about the pet go-to videos, so it's basically that kind of format. But it takes a tremendous amount of time to evaluate these things. You can't just sit down there and figure it out. It it, it kind of, um, well, let's look at the PetGo 2 video. Um, I started evaluating that in 2012. I've never seen anything like that with, you know, the deep kind of esoteric symbolism. And uh, what's unusual about that video, it's, it's basically everything in there. Even the smallest little details, that's what makes it unique. And so I have just had some huge insights about that, and I've watched it hundreds of times. And the thing that's unique about that is it seems like every single time that I watch it, I can see something in there. I know it's it's hard to believe, but I don't remember when I haven't ever seen something new. It's just like constantly unfolding. Well, you know, if that's true with that, just think about all these movies they're cranking out because you'll see these redundant patterns emerge over time. There's absolutely no question. And all these different things are linked up. The, the, the Petco 2 video is linked up. That's what makes it fun.
1: Can I, can I
0: ask? Different the symbolism they're using. Yeah, go ahead, Bruce.
1: What is a Petco 2 video? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't understand.
0: Oh, it, it just you know, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, it's just, you know, um, you're just in the dark. So um, I just uh, sent uh, Teflon a link. The other day, but it's this—it's this animated video where they're basically using uh, a lot of sym- symbology from the ancient world combined with um, Illuminati symbolism that a lot of us are familiar with, and um, they're predicting things. They're very clearly predicting things. It's—it's—it's it's, 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 a lot of it is predictive programming, you know. That's what people primarily focus on. Is they you can see that it's predicting the future, and another it, they're clearly predicting another false flag. I mean, it, it's obvious. But um, the main thing that we talk about is it's it's um, it's mocking this important king and queen that's coming, which most people have not even heard about, and uh, that's why they're able to get away with this kind of stuff because people don't really have any point of reference, and so. But yeah, I mean, you can you can. You can watch that hundreds of times, and it will slowly unfold. And uh, you can make a career, like I said, by watching these movies. I mean, there's there's, there's too many of them. I can't, I can't keep up with all this stuff. You'd have to have some kind of a committee and a team working around the clock, you know, and then, like, reporting in. So I've been doing a lot of that lately, and uh, we'll be talking about David Bowie because um, <clears throat> I uh, – that's what I was actually doing uh, the most since Friday. Then he David, had to die, David Bowie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because see, David Bowie's entire career, just like this video, is 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 a mockery of this king. And you know, for most people, that's going to be you know an outlandish theory or out there or whatever. But there's so much evidence for this; it's it's completely overwhelming. And if you sit sit down and start going over it, you go, you whoa you know, 'cause you can see you can see patterns that are undeniable. So once you see enough patterns, then it has to do with more of a statistical, mathematical type issue, because it it, it, it backs you into a corner that this is all just coincidental and there was no there's nobody actually planning all this, see? And it, it the more you watch it, the more absurd that becomes. But I mean <clears throat> You're going to have to analyze, you know, his music. He's put all these albums out. You can't do that in a short period of time. That's how they get away with this kind of stuff, you see. You cannot communicate it quickly to anybody because you're going to have to look at the big picture, and that's going to be a time investment. And you're also limited, you know, what you can communicate over a podcast because uh, it would help to have visuals. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. I've been really super busy. Every day just flies by. I can't believe that it's uh, January 11th today, which is a very important date. Um, I had a, uh experience on January 11th. You know, God is into numbers too. He's the great mathematician. And I'm not talking about what Freemasonry talks about. That God is the great mathematician because mathematics is everywhere. But it's it's somewhat subtle or covert. But once you understand that everything has to do with geometry, that's the key, you see. Geometric forms, most of this is concealed in the way he designed creation. But uh, then you can just simply realize that obviously there's a relationship between mathematics and geometry. And that's the basis for God being this great mathematician in some sense. And uh so this is this is this is the the kind of thing that he has done. Uh he's he's put this blueprint on his creation. But uh, I would not,
2: say the, on,
1: the only true mathematician. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually say that Satan is a, is a mathematician. There's no question. Uh he's left his imprint. Um he, you know with things like um Geometric angles that line up different cities. Now, I believe that God is ultimately involved with all this. But they have linked up cities, you know, like Paris and uh, Memphis and, uh, you know, Phoenix. And uh, you can see it. But um, this is somewhat controversial because um, some of these angles don't line up. uh
2: on a non-spherical Earth model, yeah, they're always talking about these
0: um, uh, these events that they have manufactured along the 33rd degree parallel. And once you figure out that they're lying to you about the Earth being a perfect sphere, I, I'm not talking about a, you know flat Earth. I'm just talking about it. it's it's you know it's, it's not a perfect sphere. It, if, it, if it's an oblate spheroid, then this is not going to work. So it appears that they've manufactured a lot of this stuff. And uh, this makes everything very complex all of a sudden because uh, it's difficult to actually determine these uh, geometric angles that link these cities up and different events, ritual sites, even military bases, which are supposed to be on this uh, earth grid. But the uh, the model that we're given of this Earth crater is, is a spherical Earth, <laughs> so uh, we have problems there, you know. So it's like we have to start all over again. We've been lied to so much that we don't even know where we're coming or going,
3: you know.
2: So,
0: anyway, Bruce, um, what did you want to talk about today?
2: Yeah. Um, to- well, I was I was. Uh, I was uh, contemplating
1: over this scripture verse in uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 20 where uh, the apostle John so I, I, I believe he wrote this after the, the revel- he received the revelation of uh, the spirit of prophecy of Jesus Christ but uh, in chapter 5 verse 20 uh, I mean the,
2: the entire epistle is full of uh, rich truth this Verse 20, and we know
1: that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true and we are in Him that is true even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. You know, uh, the whole, the whole uh, prayer in John 17 was that they might Know the Father, the only
2: true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So
0: <clears throat> I'm looking at that right now. I had to open E
2: Sword.
1: This understanding isn't from uh man <clears throat> but from God.
0: Mhm. You know? Yeah, every, well I say that everything is from God.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Period. And Christians don't believe that. They might agree with me initially, but once I define that, I'm talking about it in an absolute sense. They don't, they wouldn't, oh, okay, I don't believe that.
1: Quite literally absolute. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. So it's saying the same thing there as it says in uh, John seventeen three, where Jesus said that the Father is the uh, the only true God. That's one thing it's saying there. The word eternal I think is uh more properly translated as a lengthy period of time. I'm not sure you're familiar with that view, but it can well mean, without, it can mean eternal, it depends on the context, but.
2: Yeah. Endless an endless life. Uh uh-huh. Uh, so, what are you trying to say there with that verse? What do you think that's telling us?
1: Well, uh, first of all, that we don't look—we t- don't look towards, uh, like Paul said, I—I I didn't receive it of man or by man, uh-huh. but by the revelation of, uh, you know, where, where uh, Jesus Christ appeared to him on the road,
0: up uh, to Damascus.
1: Damascus, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and. Um, that uh, how important it is to uh, to study the scriptures and uh, not to add or subtract from the word of God, uh, but to uh, to acknowledge that literal. I don't think God's going to hit anybody over the head for taking His word literally, do you?
0: Uh no. I'm a literalist. I've said that over and over again. Yeah. But you have to define what you mean by that and there's there obviously there's significant parts of the Bible where if you take it literally it actually becomes absurd. So Oh. Yeah. You know, like the uh the four beasts in uh, Daniel chapter seven, and nobody, even a uh you know, recently born again Christian is gonna take that and they're gonna see it immediately that this is some kind of uh, it's symbolic.
1: Well, that knowing and understanding go together, and uh, that all comes from above, from the heavens, where mm-hmm. our treasure is, and uh, that we may know Him, that is true. Not that we've, you know, did some psychological gymnastics. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we do have That's- a treasure um, waiting in heaven that Paul talks about, and I don't. Christians assume that they know what that is and uh, I'm saying that they don't know. Now there's also a treasure that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians that is within you like in this vessel of clay and he does not tell you what it is. It's very interesting. Yeah. And uh it it's a, it's basically a secret. <laughs> um you know, Jesus um let me no not Jesus but um It was probably Paul. He said, we do not know what we shall be or something like that, but when we see him, uh, I can't can't, quote the verse. You know what I'm talking about? There's a mystery about what we're going to become. The Bible does not come out and tell you, but when Jesus does say something explicit like, um, at the resurrection you will be equal with angels, like I pointed out before, Christians don't believe that. And and they just ignore it
1: yeah it's it's god's glory <clears throat> to conceal and hide a matter you know and uh that i mean this is this is what he loves to do because uh that's that's what he is he's uh he hides himself he clothes himself with a like a curtain he stretched the heavens right mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh he he uh you know, a lot of people, oh, that must be an evil God, you know, to do such a thing. But uh, that's his glory because eye has not seen or ear has not heard, it has not entered into the hearts of men, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And he's put this love in us.
0: Yeah, he's, that's what I'm talking about there.
1: Yeah. And it it, it is, it is, it is... Uh, it would be uh unlawful to speak of those things but uh and he likes keeping it that way because uh of course if we saw him while we we're in the flesh we wouldn't be alive <laughs> it would be, <laughs> be uh i think it's that he knows us is the
2: the key and his knowing us in us uh, is a very rare human be- uh, person to acknowledge that.
3: Okay.
2: It's, the,
0: per- the passage I was trying to come up with off the top of my head, which is a horrible job, it's 1 John three two. It says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been Made known. That has to do with a secret. Christians don't like secrets. You know, it also says in the Bible that it's the glory of kings to conceal a matter. Christians believe that God has revealed everything. And there's no secrets because that has to do with the word esoteric. And if you start talking about anything that's secretive, they'll start reacting very negatively. That's their programming. I've talked about this a number of times. But see, the Bible does not teach that. We just proved that wrong right
1: there. Yeah, well, the materialistic uh, diatribe always wants to reach out and touch what it can never touch. And uh, man's thinking and thoughts are, I mean, they're evil. Yeah, I, Jesus I
0: calls it his own disciples evil. He said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father dot, dot, dot. see that but we don't we don't believe that either we don't think that look at if, if his disciples were evil that means you're evil yeah do pastors ever tell their congregants that they're evil every once in a while you need to know that do you think jesus was an error do you think you're greater than his disciples then you're yeah. evil too See, what yeah. Paul's doing, he's teaching different things in different contexts. He's also saying that you're righteous. He's also saying you're a new creation. This is why people struggle with Paul, because he's teaching different things in different contexts, and they're both true. He talks about the old man, and he talks about the new creation, and and people will focus on one or the other. The Calvinists tend to focus on the old, the old man and tend to focus on... Um, you know we're totally depraved. I cannot do anything good. Now I actually believe these things, okay? But uh, then you got other people like in the Word of Faith movement, uh, and they got this stuff from a guy, obscure guy called E. W. Kenyon. He was the primary influence of um, Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth Hope, Copeland. Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin is supposedly the uh, I think founder, Cap- the founder of the faith movement, but he was actually referring to E. W. Kenyon, and he was into all kinds of metaphysical. Uh, Type stuff that goes back to Christian Science, but he was saying that you're basically a god because he was overemphasizing these passages that Paul was was using to talk about this new man. You see, see, there's a new, he's talking about a new man and an old man. They don't cancel each other out. They're both yeah. true. He's teaching different things in different contexts. And it's amazing how this stumbles people. But you know, this explains why Peter says that that Paul is hard to understand.
3: Mhm.
0: He is hard. I'm still I can't fully understand him. I've been that's the primary thing I've been doing, is doing biblical research for two decades full time. I can't fully understand him because um I think there's a context that's been lost. We need uh these all this oral tradition that used to support the text. You see Christians think they don't need that. Mm-hmm. You know when he, he's speaking to the to the Corinthians, and there's things that he's saying that we we're not sure what he's talking about, but it's obvious that the Corinthians knew. You see, and the reason they knew is because they already heard about it before. Because he's not explaining things. You know when he says um, he talks about the, the the gift of knowledge, and the gift of wisdom, he, he does absolutely nothing to to define or explain that. So either he wasn't a very good teacher or they already knew what he was talking about. He was basically just reminding them of something he already told them before or somebody else had. But see, we think that everything is in the Bible somewhere. And I've said before, that's completely absurd. But that's... that's I actually believe that's our programming. That's that's your Protestant programming. You want to be a Roman Catholic, then you can have your Roman Catholic programming too. They're going to get you every which way, you see. It all has to do with trusting authority and uh, in the Protestant mindset, it's very bibliocentric. centric this, this is a psyop that I've never really um, outlined in detail the way I'm going to do right now. This a second, Bruce, is that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to focus on the Bible instead of God. Your religion is based, centered around the Bible and not a relationship with God. That's it right there. I've never actually said that before. And you, you know, people need to think about that. Cuz that's what Protestants do. They overly focus on the Bible. they don't realize they're doing this, but um they are.
2: So, I think Paul
1: touches on that the letter kills the spirit gives life and uh kenoya uh-huh. kenoya you know that word kenoya Me hmm. meaning the uh the living word, you know. Uh uh-huh. It's not just written on paper. They, the Protestants used to call the Catholics... Uh, no, the Catholics used to call the Protestants' Bible the paper pulp, see?
0: <laughs> what do you think Paul was talking about when he said the letter kills? Do you think he was talking about the, the, the Mosaic Law or actually just... Um, see, they didn't have a Bible back then, so... Do you, would you expand it outside of the law, or do you just think you stuck them at the law?
1: Well, it, it got, it, it's not just the law, but it's uh, like Simon, Simon the Magus, right, who wanted to buy the gift of God and lay hands on people so that he can have that power. See, uh-huh. it's, it's anything that's carnal that uh, that just kills.
0: Okay, so you do expand it outside the uh, the law of Moses.
1: Um, oh, by all means.
0: Okay. He was talking about the law of Moses at that time, though. Oh, yes. What, what book is that in? Is that in Galatians?
1: I don't even know. You know. I, I don't know which epistle, but I know Paul. I think it's Romans. The letter kills, the
2: spirit gives life. Oh, okay. I think it's Romans. I'm Googling it. But it's like people that try to go walk on water. Well, Jesus,
1: you know, the living word said, uh, told Peter to come here, you know. That, and uh, so people think, oh, I think if they just believe they can walk on water, you know, the torture people go through through all this stuff. <laughs>
0: we're, we're both wrong. It's in Second Corinthians, and that surprises me. Um,. It says, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, this would be one of the best examples where you would appear that they're under the new covenant. This is why I developed a theology called First Fruits Theology that actually says and makes the claim that they were benefiting from the new covenant in the sense of the First Fruits but the new covenant can't be fully intact because it has to do with the literal restoration of Israel, as you can see outlined there in Jeremiah 31, unless you spiritualize the text. If you don't spiritualize the text, unless you want to... Well, that's an I'm not even going to say that ridiculous theory. I was going to say that it was restored already, and nobody knows what happened. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> but if it's literal restoration, it has to be future <clears throat> So anyway.
1: That's what they were all <clears throat> upset about was the fact that he, you know, they they were expecting him to come in all of his power and glory as king, then. But <clears throat> that was uh, they were let down.
0: Yeah, um, he had at least one disciple that was a uh, what do you call him? I just got distracted because I was looking at something. Uh, they had different sects, you know, in Judaism. And uh, as the Zealots, you don't hear much about them.
1: Yeah, zealots. They had a
0: very strong messianic belief. I mean, they're a very um, fervent, militarized few. And uh, they were looking for this um, warrior king, like David, to come deliver them from their oppression. The... I'm going to say the word Jew here, <laughs> the Jewish mind. <laughs> okay, um, they've always been looking for these people, century after century. That this is—they have a different uh, concept of the Messiah than we do. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's why they they rejected uh, Christ because they couldn't they couldn't process him because you know this guy is clearly not it. Uh, but they didn't understand that he comes twice, and that's a real simple explanation. I I believe he comes three times. So that's why they rejected him, and I say that this is all going to happen again, and uh, there's a man that's going to show up that the Christian church can't process, and they'll reject him. I was just talking about this with Teflon on the phone. That's why I was late getting on here, but this has to do with David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds funny, but uh we're all being programmed <coughs> to uh this is my opinion, okay? Uh, that when this man shows up that he's an alien being. And this is what David Bowie's uh career is about. Is mocking him as an alien being and, and people are being programmed the aliens are gonna show up. We all know this. You you can see it on the history channel. And you know, the aliens are here and <coughs> And so we're waiting for the aliens to come, and uh, there is somebody coming. See, some people think that, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. Uh, You're going to be in for a big surprise. But um, if anybody shows up like that, we'll assume he's an alien. Now, see, the Christian view is that Jesus is going to come from the clouds, throw his weight around, and nobody's going to believe that he's an alien because um, everyone will know that he's the Son of God. That, that's what they believe, you know what I mean? So this what I just said doesn't make sense to them. That's because there's some things that they, I believe are going to happen that they don't expect. So. Well,
1: I'm I'm
2: sure
1: some, that, some had that uh, when he said, uh, you're from below and I'm from above. I mean,
2: uh-huh. they
1: were probably having that, uh, you know, who's this guy he's saying he's not of this world, you know?
0: <laughs> well, that's what David Bowie is doing. He put out a movie called uh, The Man Who... Uh, fell to earth and I'll, I'll kind of decrypt that statement later the meaning of the word fell but um, there's an emphasis in his career on this man who comes from above you see but uh, to earth and uh, but they presented it as an alien he's had a very strong emphasis about this consistently through his career <laughs> <laughs> So we'll have a lot of fun with that. <clears throat> Jesus made this claim, you know, he said that no man has ascended into heaven, no man except for the uh, the son of man who descended from heaven. He's the one that came down from above. But he's also making the claim that he's the only one that has ascended to heaven. That's what he said. No man has ascended to heaven except for the son of man.
1: Who is in heaven.
0: Well, he said who descended from heaven. When he spoke that, he was on earth, you know. Oh, yeah. Time.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely correct.
0: you got problems there because the Bible appears to teach. Now, that will sink the book of Enoch unless he's Enoch. Because you can theorize that, um, you know, you've got different concepts of heaven, unfortunately, because the Schofield Reference Bible I believe that that's theological propaganda, from the Jesuits, actually. Uh-huh. But people have a very dumbed-down version of reality now that you know has to do with heaven, these three oh, levels yeah. of heaven. And so uh, to a lot of Christians, they don't have a problem with saying that, well, Enoch didn't really go to heaven, and neither did Elijah. And uh, Jesus would appear to be teaching that they didn't make it. Otherwise, he would be Enoch, right? But see, in the book of Enoch, there's no question that he made it to heaven. And he's um, he's wandering around there observing things. And um, he's seeing God on the throne and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so according to what Jesus said, that's not compatible unless he is actually Enoch. Now, this is interesting because in the book of Enoch, it actually says that Enoch is the son of man. Did you know that? Well, a lot
1: of the prophets were the son of man.
0: No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a unique son of man. Uh, it says that uh, Daniel was the son of man, and it refers to e- Ezekiel as the son of man over and over again. Now, scholars yeah. actually acknowledge this. They actually say, you know, the Enochian literature, that uh, he he's actually transformed into a... Um, a celestial being. See, stop and think about it. If um, if Elijah or Enoch actually did go to heaven, what would happen after that? The Christians never think about that because they they really have a, a hard time thinking that it actually happened in the first place. Okay. Well, let, let's just pretend that it did. Okay. Now, what happens after that? Do you think he's up there with a uh, an earthly body? Now we have. All kinds of uh, extra canonical traditions that talk about this Metatron figure. Metatron is the entity uh, that uh, Enoch became. He became Metatron. He was transformed into a celestial being. In other words, basically, he had a he acquired a heavenly body that was compatible with his environment. This is completely anathema to the Christian mind. They just, you know, like ah, because it's I don't see that in my Bible. You know, well, <laughs> if you can get Elijah into heaven, what is going to happen? Do You think he's really going to have an earthly body? See, they don't they don't think about it. Yeah, they just don't want to think about it. What if he's there for hundreds of years? Like, oh no, don't talk about that. Why? Why? Why can't we speculate a little bit? You know. Anyway, um, so when Elijah ascended sent into heaven, they have traditions. That he became this entity that's similar to Metatron, called Sandalphon, which probably hardly anybody's heard about before. They actually talk about him in these non-canonical texts. I mean, they do have these traditions of transformation, which Christians simply don't talk about. They don't talk about that, so we're not going to talk about
1: that Dave. Well, <laughs> but, believe, uh, they're
0: interesting, you know. <laughs>
1: John the Baptist said that, uh, you know, God can turn these uh, stones into children of Abraham, and he wasn't joking.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting there. Um,
2: I'm not sure if I want to comment on that or not. (laughs) (laughs) See, there's things that they say in Scripture that appear to be just a common statement, but there's there's some
0: esoteric things going on, like when uh, Job said that uh, you can have a, a covenant with the stones of the field. See how you'd be forced to spiritualize that, because you, you don't really believe what he said. You can't have a covenant with a stone. So we're going to spiritualize the text. But when you spiritualize the text, you're admitting that, well, we actually don't know what he's talking about but we just want to spiritualize it so bad that that's what we're going to do and then uh that's okay if we don't know what he's talking about cuz what the heck is he is talking about if 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 you spiritualize it what what's the spiritual interpretation
1: well i i mean uh, thought thought wants to uh thought wants to grasp onto onto everything and and thought is limited and, <laughs> and so.
0: so in the ancient world the common folk belief... All around the world, believe it or not, was that uh, significant uh, stones actually had a spiritual being identified with them, and they were responsible for maintaining uh, the immediate environment, and that you actually had some kind of relationship with them. In other words, they would be um, responsible to some degree, or could be, with the quality of your crops. This is what people used to believe. Again, I'm talking about, they're called elemental spirits. And um, I actually believe that's what Job is talking about. That they have some kind of working relationship with them. And, and when you look at the book of Enoch, it talks about things that uh, the Christians don't think about because it's, everything is highly mediatorial. It, it's showing that God is working through um, a hierarchy, you see, very complex hierarchies, working through all these angels, when the simplified Christian mind, God just does everything through the Holy Spirit. It's not mediated, you see. They don't really think about God working through angels. Now, the Bible talks about angels and spirits, and Christians believe that every spirit apart from an angel is evil. This is what they believe. The Bible does not teach that. You can see that in the book of Acts. I'll be talking about this passage I already have, where it speaks about angels and spirits, but it does clearly in a positive context. So if you ask a Christian, um, they they will say that angels are spirits, but it's talking about a spirit besides an angel. And the Christian brain cannot process that. There's no good spirits besides angels. Those are all evil spirits, well, maybe you missed something along the way, and that's what I'm talking about here, and there's all kinds of these spirits, and they're real a lot of them are really more of in a neutral type category. They don't really have a uh distinct evil or good moral nature. They're just lesser beings that everyone used to know all around the world when you get a book on like the fairy kingdom and stuff like that. One of the things you see, this is what everybody used to believe. And so people naturally assume, well, the Hebrews didn't believe that. Well, hold it here. Where does it say in the Scripture that, you know, Paul is saying, well, this is a superstitious belief, and, you know, because he's addressing some of these things. But where does he come out and say, don't believe this? So you got two – he never does this. So you have one of two possibilities there. Either it's, um, it's true, and that's what they believe too, or – It was something that was so insignificant, God didn't bother to uh, address the issue. There is one other possibility that it was addressed, but uh, there's lost texts Because there's nobody that can prove that there's only 66 books in the canon. Because you'd have to be able to infallibly prove that there wasn't a 67th book that was lost. You can't do that that far back in history. There's too many unknowns. What you're doing is you're, you're trusting a Roman Catholic church council that you believe God was <clears throat> infallibly defining your canon through. That's that's what you believe, if you believe that. Most people never thought about that. So good luck there that trusting the Roman Catholic Church, because they're hiding all kinds of stuff left and right. They don't want you that's, to know about it. So if there was a 67th book, uh, they'd be the top of the list, to steal it away from you, because they... Remember, Bruce, they stole the whole Bible. Remember they stole the Bible from the people, the common man? They did well, two sure. things they 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 trans- they translated it into Latin and they basically made everybody functionally illiterate. People were not illiterate, but they made them illiterate and then also they they literally took the Bible away. You're not yeah. gonna have this. This is for the priesthood. You don't you don't get this. And so there's a very interesting story that every Christian should know, but they, they actually don't because they don't study history, they don't do that in the local church, about how we got the Bible back. Well, people actually had to die along the way to get the Bible back. People had to suffer, you know. This is the time before like Martin Luther.
1: We're not just talking a, a few dozen. We're talking mil, uh, um, hundreds of millions. Okay.
0: Absolutely. There's a huge cover-up about all the persecution of uh, Christians and, and white people. Uh, and,
2: and then, and then people right away they'll
1: attack the Bible. Oh, the Bibles caused that, <laughs> right?
0: that's your programming, is that... uh, Well, there's people out there who are so programmed, is that the the cause of man's suffering is actually religion. And when you get right down to it, it's it's Christianity that causes all the problems. We need to get rid of Christianity. And we're going to be talking about this as a show, because Emily has got all these questions um, from an atheist website. And it will become completely laughable when I I address these issues, because they're just making massive assumptions. For instance... um, these people, you know, we're not atheists, they think they're apologists. They never approach anything from a conspiratorial viewpoint. So you can easily neutralize these arguments by simply saying, have you ever thought about the possibility that the Roman Catholic Church was, was highly infiltrated or created from the ground up? Have you thought, they haven't even thought about this yet. And now that they have to disprove that, I don't have to prove anything they just neutralize the argument. They really need these arguments, you see, because there's no question that the Roman Catholic Church has created all these historical crimes, you see. And this is why, when you watch the media, you see an agenda because of the redundancy, repetition. They want you to believe that Roman Catholicism equates to Christianity. You can see how they represent uh, Christianity repeatedly in films, Hollywood films is Roman Catholicism. About ninety-seven percent of the time, I estimate. Oh. That's a really Thanks. good psyop because you see they infiltrated it and they and they, they actually created it from the ground up, in my opinion. And then they did create all these historical crimes, and because they had a long-term agenda and they wanted to point back at these crimes and say, "Look at what the church did." That's why you have to use precise terminology and say things the institutional church or institutional Christianity. That's not biblical Christianity. Yeah, here's the thing. You know, when you talk about crimes for the Roman Catholic Church, they're worse than what the atheists believe. The atheists don't talk about Satanism. Do they talk about that? They don't want to talk about that. I'm saying, oh, Satanists were doing that in the Roman Catholic Church, pretending to be Christians. You ever thought about that, Mr. Atheist, sir?
2: You can psyop
0: just like everybody else, but have you thought about this before? No, you haven't. Because you're not they're, thinking conspiratorially.
1: They're actors and hypocrites. Oh, can I? uh, Tattered Flag asked me, uh, I'm just going to quote what he put here, and he, he can call in, Tattered Flag. Bruce? Well, what if he, Tattered
0: Flag, do you know who he is? Huh? You know who Tattered Flag is? He claims
1: to know who you are. Um. I don't know his name. Uh, uh, what is your name, Tatterflank? I don't know. I, I don't think his name is Tatter. He's gone. What? He's gone. Oh, he's there in the chat room.
0: it uh, oh. says he's left the chat room. Oh. He's probably Christian identity, and, and, and just like the target individuals, you know, there's different types of them. There's good, there's good and bad. Most of them are... Okay, let's not determine whether they're good or bad it's just a fact that they look at I've never seen anybody that is claims to be a target individual that wants to talk about any other subject besides target individuals. I have never seen this since 2011. Okay? The same thing is true with the, the Christian identity people. You know, the white nationalists or the, what do you want to call them? They've got a lot of those people on talk show and they have a lot of shows Every single time they get in, they want to talk the same subject. They're a theological hobby horse. I've never seen an exception. Not one single time. So I can There's predict what fierce. he's going to want to talk. He's going to shift the show. He's going to talk about racial issues, and that's what we're going to talk about now. And then I'd have to shut him down. That's the way it's going to go. So just let you know that. But I don't think he's in the in the room there anymore. Yep. Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. Um. He did the exact same thing that targeted individuals do. They come in the show and says, do you guys talk about targeted individuals? They say that in the chat room. First question. What, oh. Let me go back and see what was the first thing he said. <clears throat> let me scroll up a little bit. Yes, he said, uh, okay, very first question. Is this a CI show? You see that? <laughs> was I wrong? Then his second statement is okay because I was talking about that, but it's not strictly CIA though, right? Now he, he's talking about Christian identity, and then he says, "Because if it is, it's not for me." Then he says, "Okay, buddy." And then, then he makes a derogatory comment about you. I know, I know Bruce. I've heard him speaking. Yawn. You see that?
2: Oh,
1: I, I, I don't. You know, I'll look at stuff, but it doesn't, you know, if it's not. Then he
0: says, uh, so who are you, Luminous Arcana? What can you say about yourself and why only one guest? Well, I'll tell you why there's only one guest because usually I have a uh, a mailing list and I didn't bother to send it out because I actually wanted to talk to you. I didn't want to have a group conversation. I just called Teflon and told him about it. Hi, Eddie. Eddie found out about this somehow. I don't know how. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't tell anybody we were going to do this cuz I just wanted Teflon to uh come on here uh if it was like dead air.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Cuz I may have to give the phone up if this guy comes on. He's he usually asks for the phone, but he doesn't stay on
1: it that long, so. Hmm.
0: Anyway.
1: Yeah, the uh the uh using the stone going back to the stone Steve, Uh Christ Price was that spiritual rock who followed. Followed in the. Uh, in the will in the. He was that spiritual rock, you know.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> you'll notice that there's simple things like salt and stones that are very important in the ancient world, and we don't understand why. We've and we've talked about this, and I'm I'm you know I'm giving some evidence that they had a different view of stones. They had more of a magic. Well, here's a problem. I mean, the word magic.
3: <laughs>
0: oh my, that's like the word mystical. It has a very broad meaning, and that word comes from Gassu. Illuminati, same old thing. But I was going to say they had a very, they had more of a magical view. I'm using it in a positive context here about stones. We just look at a stone as what science says. You see that? We got that from science. It's just a stone. It's dead. There's nothing there. Go home. Go back to sleep. No, they did not believe that. Now I'm making that claim. You know what I mean? If you do research, you can see that people did believe these things. Uh, So it really comes down to, um, after you do the research, did the Hebrews believe them? And I'm saying they did, but you cannot prove that quickly. Now I did do a show with David Culham when we were talking about these um, these spiritual beings. They're lesser beings. Uh, what they basically do, they maintain the creation. You know, and if God wants to do something like that, He can do it. You know, and if you have a very simplified demonology and angelology, where all you think about is demons and angels, you're not going to see this in the Bible, even if it is there. The, um, the question is, is it there? But I'm telling you, if it was there. You're not going to see it. So one thing you can prove is that our angelologies and our demonologies are the simplest ones in world history. That's a fact. They've gotten simpler and simpler and simpler and simpler. And I'm talking about theological propaganda, and there it is right right in your face, unless you think that's an improvement. I'm saying that's deliberate to simplify everything and dumb it down just like everything else. You know, you got to understand that Satanists know who the target is, like we've talked about before, and they're going to try to lie to you about as many things as possible that have to do with religion. And you think they're also going to want to dumb things down? You see that? Of course they are. Well, it all comes down to one thing. Did God... Allow them a measure of success. See, I'm saying that he did, and this is what they did. And it's unbelievable how our uh, huh. belief systems are just getting simpler and simpler, and you're they just pat you on the head, you know, well, we've got it all figured out. Just like we said earlier, you know, there's nothing esoteric. There's no lost secrets. God has revealed everything. And if you claim that there's something significant that God has not revealed, you're practicing the occult, Dave. Are you a true Christian? Do you believe in the Trinity? (laughs) Because if you don't believe in the Trinity, you're not a true Christian. Remember where it says that right in the Bible somewhere? (laughs) And the reason we know that's true is because if you don't believe in the Trinity, you're either an Arian or you're a modalist, and those are heresies. (laughs) Because they've never heard... (laughs) No, I'm saying... No, that comes from the Illuminati, too, okay? That's theological
1: propaganda. They they like to pull the three-nut game, right? You know, the three... coconut so you pick one
0: yeah it's either this or that or maybe this but it's not going to be very complex
1: curtain one two or three that's your only options right? mm-hmm.
0: well you run to these people they want to tell you that everything is simple god has not made it difficult it's easy to understand and uh you can sink that view very quickly by the fact that jesus was not only talking over people's heads. But at, at certain times he was intentionally doing that and and nobody had a clue what he was talking about, including his disciples, despite the fact that other times he was speaking very simply. He did both. I've talked about this before. But you got well, be, these people want to believe everything's simple.
1: Well when you come across when when one if if one a rare person comes across uh what's holy and sacred, um the eyes will not see and the ears will not hear and it will not enter into the heart but that vision will be there and uh and there's no personal interpretation um uh god can prove himself the way he wants and that acknowledging that fact that that great tr- true god we have the father of jesus christ our lord that that in itself is enough to begin with yeah and uh He's the one. He's the one who's working in us, both the will and do of His good pleasure. And uh, we always think we, we can help God out. He finished everything already. Before. Christians <clears throat> did, um, did, did are work? always
0: helping God out. They're trying to defend God. They think they need to defend Him. Go ahead. Yeah. Get him off the hook.
2: Yeah. It's craziness. We talk
1: about that it's, a lot. It, it's it's a. It, what it is, is it, it's just, I mean, I, I, this is going to sound sacrilegious, but it's just uh, uh, the self-projecting God and worshiping that. It's really self-worship. I, I know it, you know.
0: Um, I actually agree with you, but um, the average person is not going to really understand that. They're going to think that's uh, exaggeration. Um, you'd have to go into some detail explain that, but I actually, I actually agree with you. In Judaism, they've done a master job of this. You know, we we don't mind so much if they if we criticize another religion. Did you know that they elevate these rabbis to the the level of a deity? Uh, Most Christians never heard this before, but they are actually like gods. And um, all you have to do is is look at their statements about themselves. And um, there's there's a reason why this happened because. they actually understand in Judaism that they don't, they don't know everything because they believe that um, God judged them because of their sins, if they're um, conservative practitioners of that religion, and that he did not give them a new covenant. They're still waiting for a new covenant. And so that he destroyed the temple, destroyed the priesthood, destroyed their theocracy and so their their religion has um has been dissolved to a significant degree as far as the the mosaic law and that's why a lot of them say they're waiting for Elijah to come and explain the Torah because they don't claim to have it all figured out because it's like well what do we do now how how you know how do we sacrifice okay so they've actually made things up basically you know human traditions They're trying to sacrifice still and appease God, you see. And so anyway, the reason I say that is because um, what you actually need is an authority. Christians don't understand this. We need an authority. We don't have any authorities. But they they think, well, the Holy Spirit tells us everything. Well, why do we have all this massive confusion? But in the... the, uh, I'm trying to avoid the word "jewish" with you because you have a different interpretation of that. but when I'm saying that right now, I'm talking about people who practice that religion. They actually acknowledge that we don't have we, you know we need an authority, So what they did is they manufactured these authoritative rabbis which are not found in the Bible. And there are some shocking statements about these rabbis. you'll hear from people like Michael Hoffman II. They actually exalt themselves to the level of a deity. And uh, it's, it's absolutely blasphemous. And I'm saying this is all deliberate. The same controllers got in there, manufactured this religion. This is a completely different religion. That's why it's called Talmudic Judaism.
1: Yeah. It's
0: not based on the Bible. A lot of Christians have not heard it before. It's based on the Talmud. That's a fact. If you're an Orthodox Jew, which is the best representation of Judaism today, I mean the other options are worse. That religion is centered around the Talmud, and that's just a fact. It's not centered on the Bible. It's somewhat similar to, you know, in Roman Catholicism, they focus on the teaching, magisterium of the church, and tradition. It's not centered on the scriptures. And the exclamations of the Pope, which are authoritative and infallible, depending on the context, if he speaks in S. Cathedra on St. Peter's throne, well, that was infallible, so that supersedes the Bible because um, these authoritative inter- uh, interpret uh, statements—they interpret the Bible because the Bible doesn't interpret itself. That's something that Protestants um, don't really think about. It doesn't speak for itself on a coffee table. After you know, 50 years go by, somebody has to do something, either God or man. And what actually happens is God works through man. He works through the mind of man. There's action going on. Otherwise, it's just a closed book. It doesn't speak. Because you see these people with Bibles in their home, right, on a coffee table. And they don't go to church. They don't do anything but, you know, like it was Grandma's Bible, and we're keeping it there for Grandma. And you look at these people, are they getting anything from the Bible? No. They're not getting anything. They have nothing. They just watch television. So that tells you the Bible does not speak for itself. Yeah. So, most Protestants don't understand that this actually relates to tradition. Because when you have words, words manifest, comments on the Bible, and then time goes by, what is that? Tradition. You see? So I think there's some truth in the Eastern and Roman Catholic Church about that.
1: Well, I it's like the a tru- body without the spirit. It's just a corpse. Uh-huh. That's all.
0: I think there's truth uh, in between the Protestant position and the um, Roman and Eastern position. I don't think any of them are right. One thing the Protestants don't do very well is critique themselves. They point, the, they ignore the Eastern Church, like I said before. Then they, they set the Roman Church up, just like Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way, as a straw man. Because it's obviously corrupt. And so they just bang away. You've seen these people, like on Facebook, they're just hammering away at the Roman Catholic Church. Whoop-de-doo. It's obviously corrupt and heretical. So does that mean that your belief system is correct? No, it doesn't. Yours is corrupt as well, but less so. But they don't want to talk about that, do they? Because that would make things complex.
1: I think I'd fear God instead of attacking at least they're trying. or Well, you know, the, um, uh, uh, my grandfather was Jehovah's Witness. Oh, really? And my, my other grandfather was a Mormon. And, wow. uh, I grew up, uh, in front of the electric toilet. Uh, it, you know what that is. And, uh... Are you out of television? <laughs> it, yeah, the idiot box. Yeah. Or the Talmud vision, uh... I grew up in front of that, and, uh, that was my religion, growing up, see, and, uh, nobody, no man, uh, drew me to, uh, Christ, uh, but, uh, I, I was 19, and I went and saw, Amityville Horror Movie, I don't know if you ever heard of it, an old movie. Absolutely. And, uh, I was smoking dope and drinking beer and acting like any stupid teenager would. Well, not any, but, you know, I was probably worse than the O of them all. And, uh, I decided, well, I'm going to, I'm going to see what this Bible, because I, I, I saw evil, you know, in the movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, an evil spirit or whatever. So I, uh, uh, it's kind of like, uh, um, well, I was 19 years old, so I stayed up all night. And I read that passage in Isaiah where he was led as a lamb without blemish to the slaughter. Uh-huh. And who shall declare his generation?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I pray. I just prayed, you know, and uh, I was by myself. Folks were gone, only one in the house. And about a month later, I was reading the Bible. I got a Bible, I was so excited, I got a Bible opened it up and there was something at my window it sounded like a bear and a pig looking in the window really? Kind of scared the dickens out of me but I said I'm going to go look and see what this thing is, I went out in the backyard and <clears throat> something about three feet tall was running uh, scared as hell and sounded like hell too and the uh, I jumped over the fence, yeah, I can audibly hear it and see it and uh jumped so over
0: the fence. This is very interesting.
1: About three foot tall and it was hairy. It looked like a like a something between a pig, a monkey and a I don't know, it was uh very odd and uh hmm. and
2: uh so you know there's uh Uh, this I'm is thought- very interesting, Bruce. Keep going. So I,
0: I <clears> I I thought- would, I, even I would assume initially that that was a demon, but it didn't act like a demon. Uh, demons typically do not react to their external environment. I mean, there's exceptions. They can clearly interact with it, but a demon would go right through the fence, you see. He yeah. doesn't need to go over the fence. Everyone needs to understand that. He doesn't need to do that. So if he, because he doesn't need to... He would be pretending to do that, to appear as something that he's really not. In other words, a more physical creature. But this is, if, if this is not a demon, this is actually confirming what I was talking about earlier. There are all kinds of these beings out there, and they're not demons. There's like dark gnomes that have a significant degree of density, and they're actually not easily extinguished from demons. They have a lot of characteristics of demons, mm-hmm. but they're more dense uh, beings.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they dwell in a realm right next to us, and this is what people used to believe. And, you know, they're tricksters and stuff like that. And you could you could now see, here's the thing, is that people used to have these traditions where they could make pacts with them, you see. And the Christian would assume, well, that's, that's always bad, you know. But Job is talking about that in a positive context. I think what he's talking about is just getting along with them. They get along with you, and it works well for everybody. But uh, I actually went on a date. I went on two uh, double dates my entire life, and that was one of them I went to Amityville Horror. They remade that film later, you know.
1: Yeah, that's the one I saw, yeah.
0: Well, I'm talking about the first film because they it turned into a little micro-industry and they started doing all these remakes and you know how that goes, they get progressively worse. They're just living yeah. off the uh, the the film, original film. You notice know, how <laughs> Hollywood will do that, just kind of milk it.
1: This is in 79, it was the first one also, yeah.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. I can still remember uh, that date and that film. I mean, it was the literal uh, front and back seat type thing, you know? Two guys in the... We, we went to a regular theater, but we ended up in the car with uh, a couple in the front. And it wasn't was on, heavy making out. There was a little little bit, not too much.
1: So I was on a double lead, too, and the girl I was with started licking my ear, and I didn't know what the hell she was doing.
0: <laughs> because it never happened before? Yeah. Maybe you thought she was a
1: demon. You couldn't process it. Yeah, well, I kind of got that feeling that a fellow went off with the other girl in a sleeping bag.
0: Well, you know what's funny about that whole thing is that uh, that could have been demonic. There are are certain uh, human behaviors that demons bring about, and one of them is an extended tongue. That sounds kind of funny to people. That's because they don't know very much about the goddess Kali. And this is actually coming back in our society and the main way that this is being promoted is through Miley Cyrus and her handlers. And this is the Rolling Stones uh logo, which is actually the most famous logo that has to do with, you know, rock music, uh historically. You know, with the big lips.
1: That actually has to do
0: with Kali. It's a very sexual symbol. That's the extended tongue. That's that's the goddess Kali. And uh, the goddess Kali, Christians are going to assume this is a singular goddess. But it's not, in my opinion, it's the goddess of a thousand names. It's the most important goddess figure historically, period. And uh, that's just her kind of destruct, destructive aspect that's being emphasized there.
1: <clears throat> be kind of like likened unto the uh, the Jews Lilith or whatever.
0: Yeah, well it's a negative female entity, you know, there's no question about that. The Christians don't believe that she exists. Or if she did, she's just a, a demon. But it's pagan superstition. I mean, these beings don't actually exist because there's no goddesses. Um, The Christian mind recoils at the word goddess. They're very reactionary. The brain starts working in, you know, New Age, demonic, superstition, mythology. There are no goddesses.
1: Well, there's a a certain keywords you're not allowed to say, like consciousness and.
0: uh... Yeah, (laughs) I mean, well, the Christians really believe that there's a queen of heaven like a talk spot in Jeremiah? No. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they believe it's something positive. I'm not talking about anything. They just think yeah. that it, there was no queen of heaven, There's, just, that, there, that these people were ignorant, and um, they were worshiping an idol. See, this is what they believe. They don't believe there's... Now, they do believe that there's demons behind idols, but they don't believe that there's goddesses behind idols. I'm not saying everybody, but this is the common view of modern Christians, you see who don't, they don't really know anything about, let's step back a little bit. Do they know anything about history? They don't teach history in a local church. That's a fact, okay? Nothing significant. So, are you studying uh, Christian history and mythology on your own time? No, you're watching television. You're getting it from History Channel, if you get anything. Okay? So, they're not studying history, so... Are they studying mythology?
1: No, of course not. They're they're watching the Hitler channel.
0: They get most of the information from the Hitler channel. <laughs> That's a fascinating topic. We've brushed by that a number of times. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I've had somebody address that on the phone. <laughs> You know, that they, it appeared that I was making a positive comment about Hitler. You cannot do that in this culture. You, you can only say negative things about Hitler. We've talked about these absolute positions. You know, the Protestants are always right, and Roman Catholicism is always wrong, and Christianity is always right, and Judaism is always wrong. Every single time, without exception. Okay, so there was nothing ever, ever, not one single teeny tiny little thing that Hitler ever did that was any good. Did you know that, Bruce? Well, stop and think for a moment. That's not true with any person in history. It's completely absurd. But see, that is what you're supposed to believe because they're demonizing him. You know what it is? it's, It's propaganda. You see? Yeah, he's an evil man. Let me first tell you that, because you've got people out there, like these white nationalists, they want to talk about Hitler in glowing terms. They don't they want to think. They're want they looking for a cause to identify with and go, you know, whether it's Karl Marx or, uh, <clears throat> or Hitler or Carl Jung, and we're always looking for heroes. We don't have any heroes. God took them well. all away. What you have is fallible men that all have significant error. Go ahead.
1: I, I was saying the image maker, the, the image, you know, creation, projecting the images, uh, the image maker in man, mm-hmm. the imagination, the, the machination, the matrix of man is to project a god and then worship mm-hmm. that god. And And we all have uh, this
0: innate desire
1: to worship something.
0: They capitalize on that. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's a very superficial thing, actually. Um, I mean, that's just the beginning, right? Is uh, to not have any images before him.
0: Let me ask you a question. Um, What do you think, just the average person in general, what do you... They're worshiping something because they have this desire to worship something. So what do you think that they worship? What's In a, in a secular humanist culture, what do you think they worship? number one thing. Uh, self. That's right. You said that really? earlier.
1: We worship so, ourselves. You
0: now, when people hear that, they're not quite processing it. They're not going to agree with that initially. That sounds a little strange to you. So you've been, been psyoped into worshiping yourself. You're not supposed to actually know that you do it. Uh, there's exceptions, though. There's people out there that actually will acknowledge that they worship themselves. And there's a philosophy out there that, that man is um, the supreme being. There's nothing above man. There's no aliens. There's no angels. I actually got a Facebook friend, a guy that friended me, and he has a blog that teaches this. And he, oh, well. Yeah. Man is the supreme being. There is no God. It's man. Now, this is very interesting because he talks about mystical things. But nevertheless, man is at the apex of all things. Worship of the self. See, most people, they don't know themselves. So they're acting out their programming. And if you actually observe them, their actions over the course of a week or a month or a year... And you stand back and go, "What is that? Self idolatry? What you're doing is you're putting yourself first. We, I, we just had a conversation here with uh, three people living in this house about, the, well, two other guys and me, about this other guy who lives in the house. And I didn't say it, but the other person said that he, um, you know, he's into like self adoration, uh, basically worshiping himself. That's what this other yeah. guy was saying. It's actually true. Now, this guy, he doesn't know that. You see, that's he's acting out his programming.
1: That's why that's in Scripture, you know. that, that Know that in the last days, many shall be lovers of their own selves and uh, heap to themselves uh, teachers, juniors. Uh,
0: now, remember when the, Paul talked about those um, whose God is their stomach?
1: Yeah, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame,
0: yeah now you, you you look back over history and I'm a devolutionist, so I don't think things are improving the human nature of man is progressively deteriorating. Do you think there's more of these idolaters back then or now? There's more of them here you see because we live in this artificial construct of- construct of a secular humanism this is a um I don't believe it's an experiment okay. And uh, no. they know what they're doing, but it's it's a historical anomaly. You didn't have this kind of culture all through history. I, I've said that all societies, you know, the medieval or going back in history, they were all spiritual in a qualified sense.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And not talking about whether they had true spirituality or not, but they were focused on the spiritual realm. The people but today I... are not focused on the spiritual realm. They're focused on themselves. What I want from minute to minute, I, you know it's all about me, you know I me, and mine. you put me first, get what I want, and then they're all programmed to compete with other people. I call talk about the me versus you programming. I'm better than you. It's worship on Facebook
1: you worship God your way, and I'll worship him his way attitude, which um is uh is idolatry because um there's no love with wherever the self is there's no love there. When I say self I'm talking about the past. That's all we are. Mm-hmm. We're an accumulation of thousands of years of all mankind. Each one of us represent the whole not only creation, but if we don't represent the sun
2: uh
1: coming out of that then we're we're just I just go along to get along, and Mm -hmm. as as long as I'm comfortable and I have a little hope, I'm good to go. But uh, Paul, many times I'm nothing of myself. I'm nothing, not as though we are something. And what he's
0: doing, he's debasing himself. And this is where people have problems with Paul because other times it looks like he's boasting. He is boasting. He's doing both in different contexts. Go ahead. They try to say that Paul's evil because he's boasting. He actually says he's boasting, by the way. Apparently they have a problem with him.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, the thorn in the flesh, you know what that was, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I hold to the view that we're not certain. I think it was a physical ailment. I'm talking about, I wonder how specific you're being. Well, it, it says the thorn in the flesh was a messenger from Satan.
1: Yeah, but he said uh, if you were willing or able to pluck out your own eyes and give them to me, you would have, right? So it has to do with his eyes.
0: Well, that's the prevailing view of scholars. I'm just saying we're not absolutely certain, yeah. They say that it was an an eye ailment. He had weak eyes or something.
1: Yes.
0: I'm going to say something about narcissism. I'm going to ask you about his wife um, or lack of. Uh, A term I haven't used on this show is the word narcissist or narcissistic. Uh, and the reason I want to say this is because what are we talking about here? We're talking about self-love, self-idolatry. What that is, the proper terminology, is narcissism. And this has to do with, um, I, in, in ancient Greek, I forget if it was just a hero or a demigod or whatever the heck. But it's a story about a guy gazing into a pool and you know basically falling in love with his own image. <clears throat> Nars- <clears throat> or admiring himself, overly so.
1: His name was Narcissus. <laughs>
0: So it has to do with uh, with balance because, you know, when you're a young person, people don't want to admit this, but there was a lot of self-admiration when you looked at yourself in the mirror as a young person. You don't actually realize that you're doing this. You, you realize later when you age. Isn't it true, uh, Bruce, that you probably look in the mirror less and less as you get older? Because I do. Uh,
2: the only mirror... I look.
0: I really, uh, <laughs> Maybe you I'll don't even use me. mirrors.
2: <laughs> no,
1: other people are my mirrors. Other okay. people, because they they prove me.
0: I'm talking about a literal mirror, Bruce. Oh. oh. I'm, I'm actually talking about males, by the way. This is we not, don't talk about that. Well, um, whether you want to admit it or not, you actually kind of framed and uh, in front of that mirror when you were young and before you go out on a date, like overly so, you admired yourself. You'll see guys, uh, you know, flexing their muscles. And by the way, it's okay to do that if you're a bodybuilder because that's that's the one of the ways that you test your um, improvement, you know. uh, In fact, you're actually supposed to do that after you work out. It's actually part of the workout in some traditions, okay. So I'm not trying to say it's entirely bad. I'm talking about overly admiring yourself. But see, here's the thing, and I've listened to some podcasts about this. This entire society is narcissistic. I just need to say that, because i never said that before. It's designed to be. So you've got people out there who want to say, you're a narcissist. Well, you can make that claim, but if you don't talk about how the entire society is narcissistic, if you never say that, uh, you have not said anything significant. But you you think that you do, because you're in love with your own opinion. Now, my opinion is the people that point the finger at other people and say that they're a narcissist, they're actually a narcissist themselves. Because self-love, it blinds you, you see. And there's psychologists will tell you there's all kinds of people out there who um, are in love with themselves, but they're blind to their own faults. And psychologists will tell you they don't deal with these issues because they don't know themselves. This is your ugly interior. This is what Paul is talking about, you know, the old man. You want to whitewash yourself. It's like the Pharisees did. And uh, people do this all the time. They do it every day. You have the awful reality within, and you have the awful reality without. That's this cultic society that we live in. In order to make yourself artificially happy today, you're going to artificially brighten everything up. This is what we, we all do this. In fact, it's actually a survival t- technique when things get overly negative. Okay? It's actually the
1: same, the same movement, actually, inside and out. Yeah.
0: But What I'm talking about specifically is faults that you have within that you've never dealt with. You see them in other people, and they trouble you. You don't like them because you haven't dealt with them. Just like your subconscious or some other source will bring up certain things in a dream that you need to deal with. And if you can't process that, because you haven't listened to some of our past podcasts. So I've talked about the subconscious mind, how it's in the Bible, and this is not New Age. I'm not going to go into that again because I've talked too much well, about it. I,
1: I, I, I would like to say I don't think there's a subconscious. I think that there there's hidden layers of consciousness that we've avoided looking at, that's all.
2: Well, I
0: actually talked about this on the show with you, and I put it in the title, that's the only time that I ever talked about the uh, the subconscious mind. And when I talk about the subconscious mind, I'm talking about what the Bible calls the conscience. See, all Christians admit that we have a conscience, and the reason they do is right in the Bible. And they actually experience conviction. But they can't prove that your conscience makes errors. They don't want to talk about that. They don't even think about it. So... Is that what you believe, that it commits errors? Well, if it doesn't commit any errors, then it's an infallible moral guide. Now, if it's an infallible moral guide, it's your yeah. conscience, according to Scripture, and everybody acknowledges, well, that's my conscience, you know. But hold it now, now you've got a superior mind that dwells within you that's distinguished between with your surface mind, and they don't want to talk about that. That's what I'm well, talking about it's right in the bible it says the gentiles will be judged it says the gentiles without the law in Romans chapter 2 will be judged apart from the law they'll be judged by their conscience at the judgment seat of christ they don't have the torah that's what he's talking about there you know and uh so that's what we're talking about so i mean i mean the theory is is that most of your dreams are actually involved with your what Chris is called a conscience, but it's what I call the subconscious. I call it the conscious too. You can give it a different term, but it's it's communicating things to the surface mind. The surface mind is not dealing with see there's all kinds of things in your life that you're not dealing with. And, and well, sometimes the way, it's just just because we procrastinate, but I'm talking about I'm talking about faults within. Everybody does this. They don't want to deal with them. They want to stuff them. Okay? And so what is happening here, we know whether it's God or an angel or your subconscious mind, it doesn't really matter who it is. These things are addressed in dreams, uh, but in kind of a symbolic, metaphorical way. It's like, you know, pay attention to this, you see.
1: No, that's what the, the mind is straightening out things that it didn't want to face in the waking hours, that's all.
0: That's exactly and right.
1: Dreams are totally unnecessary as far as... Uh, I know that a lot of people uh, put a huge, inf- a large emphasis on dreams, but uh, actually, if one is uh, not uh, laying that cellophane layer in one's waking hours and run escaping, because uh, thought, thinking is always escaping from seeing itself that it's limited, to seeing ourselves what we are. Well, you're or talking pod- about
0: thinking in a negative context there.
1: Well I'm saying we're a product of we're all product of thought all been programmed by thousands of years yeah I agree with that and this conditioning this conditioning uh goes on when one when that insight into that takes place that that's very unique that's a rare person that steps out of that, mm-hmm. but that insight you know one has to begin to inquire into it. Uh, laziness is one of the main tentacles of narcissism. Being lazy, yeah, and it's so much well, easier. What, for what I'm else trying to say
0: to here is, the narcissist uh, wants to talk about people who have, a, who they view as being narcissists, uh, while they continue in their self-idolatry and self-love, because they haven't dealt with these issues themselves. But our entire society is specifically designed to be narcissistic. So, I mean, if you say that someone's a narcissist, so what? you got to define yeah. your terms here. Are there are they some kind of super-narcissists? Are they stand up in the back?
1: Oh, okay. Well,
0: say that. It's, you know, define your terms a little bit. Because that's no big deal to be a narcissist. Pretty much everybody is. Oh, very Most Christians true. are narcissists. If you're a materialist, Bruce, I've said that most Christians are materialists, okay? There's an overlap between materialism and narcissism. You're you're seeking pleasure, you see, material things to make yourself feel better from minute to minute. Paul presents a completely different religion of self-sacrifice and debasement, suffering, uh, participating in the sufferings of Christ, laying down your life daily.
3: Yeah, he's talking guess
0: about else? beating. He's talking about beating his body daily. He's in daily warfare to suppress his evil nature. Is that what these people are doing? No.
1: Guess who mimics that, brother? You about the devil? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Luciferian, uh, Luciferian teachings teach that same thing. See, that's what Satanism is: is self-love. what i'm saying what i'm getting at is that the the entire uh helena
2: Blavatsky,
1: plavatsky <clears throat> and the the whole uh esoteric uh occult and, uh that you know luciferian uh worship and all they teach those very things see
0: we got clyde in here too. I was just saying earlier, Clyde, that uh, I didn't send an email out because uh, cause I was going to have a conversation with Bruce and actually didn't have time anyway. Because so. <clears throat> he's wanted to have a conversation with me. so. But if I uh, have dead air here, I'd like to have somebody come up and get on the phone. But we we don't have to keep going. We've been on here for a while. I just got There's a feeling no, this guy's going to ask for the phone pretty soon. He's not home yet, but he's he's going to come home. He's going to ask for the phone. And then I'm going to have to leave. Oh, uh, I won't allow
1: for dead air. I got a HEPA filter system going. <laughs>
0: oh, so your air purifier arrived arrived in the mail, huh? Oh yeah. Did you didn't you buy that recently?
1: It's really funny. I had a a new thing of garlic powder, and it like turned into a rock. Hmm. I run that by me again. I I mean it it uh it reacts differently, you know, different things react differently when the air is real, really ionized.
0: Oh yeah. Your mind is different. That's one of the primary reasons to have an air purifier, you know, an ionizer, cuz yeah. that uh directly relates to uh increased intelligence. It, your entire environment has changed. But that's what that's what negative ions do. They
2: elevate the mind go ahead Mm -hmm. but uh, oh uh, well
1: I I was mentioning earlier about the uh, uh, the secret doctrine of uh, ISIS you know that Helena Blavatsky wrote Mm -hmm. and uh,
0: actually have that book uh, Isis Unveiled in two volumes I actually have that i don't recommend that anybody anybody have that i've talked about why I
1: have that those kind of books before go ahead yeah but uh <clears throat> they they don't uh i mean this is a really strange teachings in there but uh what's what's really odd is that they teach that very thing about this self uh, worship and uh and and I think it's called and grisement
3: yeah uh-huh. uh where
1: where one lifts oneself up, you know uh but uh scripture says that the fathers lifted lifted us up in and, and sat us together with him in the heavenly places at his own right hand, this is not the action of the self. But uh, very subtly, they they have that teaching there. Oh, that's great! We got somebody uh, talking about my ex, gook wife, whatever. He's but
0: totally uh, with the Christian identity crown.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Christian dentistry, but um, but
1: it's very it's. It's a very uh, subtle thing to be able to uh, discern this, the, the, um, the um, it's not based on the, there's no, you know what the sensor is, right?
2: The censor?
1: The one that accuses others but doesn't look at oneself?
0: Oh, I see. You're talking about C- C-E-N. I think you're talking about S-E-N.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's the Yeah, ba- it's the the past uh making evaluations and opinions and theories and accusing pointing fingers, always seeking s- some escape from looking at oneself.
0: That's what I I've, I've been talking about earlier.
1: Yeah. But uh point the
0: accusing finger. Why don't you go? uh, You know Jesus talked about this. The best place he talked about this was the the guy that um, wanted to uh, talk about the log in someone else's or the uh, excuse me the um, well it's it's, it's different translations the uh, oh the small piece of wood in somebody else's eye, but he had a log in his own eye, right? That's exactly. See, Jesus actually addressed these issues.
1: Oh, I know all over. Uh, all of Paul, uh, Peter, uh,
2: Christ, and um, you know what the Father said, right? What
0: was the, what was the term that he used uh, for the smaller piece of wood? I should know that. Uh, splinter. It's the, yeah, that's right. Splinter. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a toothpick. Yeah.
1: But let's see the redwood log in your own eye.
0: <laughs> and that's a good example there where he's using hyperbola. See we want absolute accuracy today. Uh in the modern that's the way the modern mind is whether they're Christian or not. He's uh-huh. using exaggeration there to emphasize something The prophets used to use that. You can't take that literally. Obviously, see anybody can see that. I'm a literalist, but Becomes an absurdity, like I said earlier. If you take that literally, see how it becomes well, absurd. You, Everybody can see that. So you, there's places you cannot take the Bible literally. You, you're not supposed to.
1: Well, you can take some things literally. That it would be absurd uh, absurd to uh, look at a, a splinter in someone else's eye while I got a log in my own. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's literally absurd, right? Yep. That's literally hip, hypocritical. And uh I I tell people straight up uh Dave, I say, you know, the the the, the only problem with the entire world is me. Because well, uh, okay. <laughs> because
0: uh That would have to apply uh, in a narrow context.
2: Because you literally are the entire world.
0: Did you get that from Helen Bobatsky? No. That was a theo- theosophical joke.
1: No, I got that from scripture.
0: Yeah. Okay. It sounds like the the microcosm and the macrocosm, and there's some, there's some truth in that. The, actually, in, the, in Western mm-hmm. occultism, it's also true in the East. But uh, a man is a um, microcosm of the um, well, they say the universe, you know, the cosmos.
1: Yeah, my father is greater than I. Right. If you
0: take that and they run with it, Uh, the Christians go, that's not true. That's from the devil. And I say, there's significant truth in that. There's truth in the middle. You have to figure out some things that um, we've been lied to about. There's secrets about both the creation and humans themselves. There's many secrets about the human body that have been covered up. They're going to do that they're going to, if there's mysteries about the human body, there's things that are significant, they don't want us to know, they're going to cover it up. So guess what? That's what they did. So that means there's things about the human body that are great mysteries to Christians, they don't know anything about it, but they don't believe that. They want to believe that God has revealed all things through the Holy Spirit. And this is actually they actually believe this. It's a very childlike belief. And it makes everything simple and um You know why they do that? Because it gives them security. You see, because um, you don't have security if you acknowledge that you you don't know. There's things you don't know that have to be significant, not trivial things. And so most people are delusional enough to shut that possibility down and convince themselves that um, this is this delusional belief that everything we need to know is right there in my Bible. Those kind of people? Yeah.
1: That's another...
0: uh, example of that condition
1: well thought 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 uh, thought puts toge- together the insecurity
2: and then out of
1: that insecurity a, a, a part of that thought breaks off to project what security is and in that projection in that space in between it in my insecurity and wanting to be secure uh, that space in between is the conflict, see?
0: Well, you can see that everyone is is has a natural desire uh, to be secure. This overlaps with the natural desire to be happy. But unfortunately, this desire that you have to be secure, uh, unless you're going to make the effort, it leads to delusional beliefs that you know everything. Because if you don't know anything, then you're going to have insecurity because there's unknowns. But you don't want there to be any unknowns, you see? You want to have certainty, so you manufacture a false certainty to give yourself what? False assurance to make you artificially happy from day to day. Did you know that most people in our society—I'm—you're mean, going to say it right now—this society is, is suffering from massive depression more than any other society in the history of the world. But despite that fact, okay, people are artificially happy. We're we're actually giving external means to make us artificially happy from minute to minute. And what is that? It's technology. But you see it's not working. It's all artificial because people are becoming increasingly bored. Now, if you're bored, easily that's a sign of low intelligence. An intelligent child on Christmas Day will play with an empty box and use his imagination. A spoiled, lower-intelligent child will be complaining at the end of Christmas Day because he played with all his toys, and he's focusing on what he doesn't have. I could have had this, but I didn't get it. And they may even be complaining. That's the sign of low intelligence, and that's, that's actually our entire society right now. This society is not happy. We're complaining, and but we're also delusional enough. See, if you're complaining, that means that you desire something better, but you don't want to acknowledge this to yourself too much because that would mean that um... your present reality has something significantly wrong with it but you, you can't believe that because you have to believe that you're happy because in our society s- success is related to happiness so you have to convince other
1: people convince yourself that you're happy and you might have, appear you happy might have, to other people you it's might artificial
3: expose,
1: you might expose root, right
0: Which meanwhile is people good. are suffering from depression <laughs> And if you even mention this, if you don't if you say anything about this at all to a doctor, you're going to be on pharmaceutical drugs immediately. He's not going to ask further questions. He's not a psychologist. Once he hears a complaint, he writes a prescription and he's going to turn you into a drug addict for the rest of your life. Mhm. You will be every single one of those drugs. Makes you into a drug addict and a slave. That's what these people are. They're, sl- they're, they're we got food slaves. I talk about food slaves because most people are eating. They're not even eating food. They're eating processed food. Processed food is not food. You just think it is because it looks like food. Oh no! That's why you got to use different terminology. Call it anti-food. Guess where anti-food comes from? I'm gonna scare everybody. The devil. Now, if I say the Illuminati, that sounds better, doesn't it? But see, the devil gives the orders. The Illuminati—they just carry it out. They're not—they're not plotting and scheming because the devil doesn't like that. He likes to do all the plotting and the scheming. So he's got a replacement for everything, and he's tricked everybody into they're eating food. Um, there's an easy way to prove it's not food. There's not—there's no significant nourishment in it. It's not significant. It can't sustain human life. You're actually living off of cosmic energy streaming down from uh, the heavens, and they covered all that up, too. They don't want you to know about that. Because somebody would say, Dave, that's not true. Otherwise, everyone would be dead. No, it actually proves what I just said. You can't sustain human beings with plasticized food. There's nothing in it, so there must be some other source. But they don't. You know something? I'll prove this right now. How many times have they talked about etheric energy on television? Now you've been watching television for, you know, two decades, three decades, four decades, right? How many times in your mind control programming there, <clears throat> because that's what it is. How many times have they talked about etheric energy? Now I've mentioned lately, you know, I don't watch television and there's so many channels out there. Um, I'm willing to bet there's there's gotta be new age channels, so I think that they actually are, but that that's on these new channel I I just know they're out there. I'd have to do a little research. And that will be the new age type thing, you know what I mean? But historically, before those channels came along, which I'll have you have to see one of them. I mean they got yoga channels and stuff like that, so there has to be something. But no, seriously, I mean when you were growing up, I was growing up There was nothing about – we're talking about electromagnetic energy. It's a complete blackout, you see. When it is presented, it's it's presented in a pseudo-mystical New Age context that Christians can't benefit from because they will immediately recoil in horror. Things are changing, though, because um, people's minds are expanding and they're not thinking along the same narrow parameters as they used to. That's an interesting trend, and I actually believe that began around 2012. I've talked about it before. That's a huge subject. <clears throat> you know, you can talk about um, expanding and narrowing awareness. You just say consciousness, but this is true. Most people's awareness is really shut down. They're not really open to new things. I live with a guy who, uh, if you say anything that is not on television, he doesn't, he doesn't believe it. That sounds funny because my audience is the exact opposite. That sounds funny to them. He's the exact opposite. If it's not on television, if I've never heard, because that's his entire reality. He doesn't read magazines, look at books, listen to radio. So what is your reality? Television. If it's not on television, it's not real. Well, well, that, going, well, hold it! It's on television, so it must be fake. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that, that, that's a conditioned insight, which isn't a, really an insight or revelation. It's conditioned upon, uh, you know, what one from the past, right? So, oh yeah.
0: Uh, well, some people got together today, like I said earlier. I think I did, and they had a uh, discussion about this individual. We've never—this has never happened. I didn't. Wasn't involved with making this manifest, but um, this other individual was presenting him as a—he's a, a—he's a child. He's an adult child. He actually watches like Batman, Gilligan's Island, uh, you know, old Star Trek episodes. I mean, cost, uh, constant fixation on stuff out of the nineteen sixties—stuff uh, that I used to watch when I was
1: a little child. Is still watching that kind of stuff? This is this whole world. Yeah, well, uh, you, you know, you can't really know yourself because the, yourself is a past, see? Uh-huh. Did you know you the amount
0: doesn't want you to grow up? Yeah. Did you know they don't want you to grow up? Did you know in this highly manufactured society we have adult children everywhere who have never grown up? Now, there's so many of them that we call, we call them adults. Now, there's two reasons you do that because of chronological age, right? But the, we're talking about a mental state, and this this is why one of the reasons why marriages don't last, because you have two adult children who are actually avoiding uh, being adults because they don't want to um, they don't want to have children. They want to delay, delay. Why is that? So we can have fun, Bruce.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah Isn't it's that the, so t- med- the truth?
0: We want to party. We, everybody wants to party longer and longer and longer.
1: It's dementia, it's trying to hold and there's, on And there's, to...
0: there's people out there that actually know that, um,
1: that,
0: uh, that the crap is going to hit the fan. They actually believe that. You know, the economy is going to go down. And what is their response? To party up to the very end. But they actually believe the doom is coming. There, These are people in the conspiracies. They're partying up every night, having a good old time. And, then, and I'm going to sober up when... Uh, when trouble comes knocking on my door. Do you know that actually, pretty much all Americans believe that. But most Americans don't believe that any trouble is going to come knocking on the door. They're going to be in for a big wake-up call, Bruce.
1: The party yeah.
0: is going to end.
1: Well, how about the ending of everything you know?
0: God's going to wake everybody up, and if you believe in a God, you're going to believe that God is angry. That's not going to yeah. be a theory. And then yeah. you're going to want to find out why is God angry. You're going to want, right now, that you don't want to know that. I don't care. I just want to be entertained. Stop disturbing my manufactured bubble that yeah. I created for myself with Illuminati's help, because they gave me all these little toys to play with to keep me distracted until the trouble comes knocking on everybody's door. Because I believe that God's going to use Illuminati to wake everybody up. <clears throat> They're going to bring the hammer down. Yeah. They're the ones that keep the stock market going. That's all artificial. And guess who's doing that? God. He's working right through the Illuminati to keep the stock market going. Because otherwise, this country would be totally different than what it is right now. He's blessing us day after day. Does Does he uphold
1: some things by the word of his power, or everything? All
0: Hebrews one three.
1: All things.
0: Yep. All Including things. the stock market. <laughs>
1: yeah. Including the Jews and you know, yeah. uh, everything's uh, uh, I and mean, not everything's
0: under is. control. I like I like to say around here, uh, the Illuminati controls everything, and God controls Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> but people don't like to believe that. They want to say the devil's running
2: wild.
1: Well, this is uh, Dave Eager and uh, Bruce Gorman here somebody asked
0: no I'm not a co-host on Stormfront
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't don't join anything
0: (laughs) yeah I'm Dave Eager most people don't know
1: my name oh I'm sorry I didn't I I didn't think you like going by pseudonyms so I I I never use pseudonyms uh I, I think it's childish. It's part of that grown-up, child, childish behavior. That I see a lot of people use pseudonyms uh, to hide behind uh, labels or symbols. Or.
0: Well, I'm David Eager now on Skype, but not of my own choosing. That's what Skype did to me. I couldn't access my own account. so This older account appeared out of nowhere, and that's what I've been using.
1: You appreciate. know what's interesting? What's interesting is you ever heard that uh, Cohen song? Uh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah, have you ever heard that song?
0: Well, uh, things um, are going
1: to unwind. Things are going to unwind, and uh, yeah, you're talking about a
0: song that they play, uh, like on these conspiratorial podcasts. They've got about three or four of them. That they circulate around. I've heard of it. Right.
1: It's called the little Jew that wrote the Bible, right? But uh, what they do is they they put the truth out there not the truth but the uh the diabolical uh antithesis of what's actually happening uh because they want they want to have the, and so they use entertainment to get people um uh to to be afraid of of the evil, see? Uh, Would you say uh, fearing God has to do with uh, resisting all evil? Well,
0: it has to do with a number of things.
1: It has to do with obedience. One of the reasons
0: we obey God is because we uh, have a natural respect for him. But I, I, I don't think that the word hate or fear translates very well into English, and I think that's deliberate.
3: Yeah, I think it was. You always got yeah. pro-
0: translation problems of any language into another language. You know what it says? I hated Esau. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think of that word trans I'm not trying to say that it, you know, it, it whitewash it all away, but it just, it doesn't. I don't think it translates very well, and uh, I think it's like a little bit harsh. But that's true with any language. It's not going to carry over perfectly. The so. I mean, hate is a very strong word in English. You see.
1: Yeah, it's like the word, uh, the word spoken by our Lord, the Lord Jesus, where He says, uh, "Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is, my yoke is easy, easy, and my burden light." Because in the Eastern language, the uh, the mother cow, they would put the yoke on her or the father cow, and the the baby would walk walk alongside and wouldn't even feel the burden. You know, the burden be very light because the big cow was doing all the pulling, see?
2: And, uh, um, but we 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 came, us folks all come from the east, you know that? Over to this country?
0: Uh, what time period are you talking about? In history? Well,
1: you're about immigration,
0: hundred, or you talking about the ancient world?
1: A few hundred years, uh, okay. probably ancient world too.
0: Yeah, we came from the east. The and I, I believe that there was a, you know, I I agree with certain principles of British Israelism, but there was a migration from uh, the southeast, you know, southeast of, actually southeast of southern East Europe, basically, you know, and they migrated into. Uh, Europe. I don't believe that.
1: That's a very simplified view, though. From Mesopotamia, you're talking, right?
0: Yeah. Well, in my view, Israel was located uh, to the northwest farther. It was farther, it's not where they tell us. They lied about
1: that. uh, Yeah,
0: I said before, it was in, uh, I believe that uh, Israel was located primarily in... uh, under the Black Sea and uh, the surviving portions. I'm talking about the northern kingdom uh, in Bulgaria. They tell you this all over over and over again if you know where to look. A portion of it was in Romania. Solomon's I believe he had an empire and they covered that up too. Extended towards the Adriatic Sea across from Italy. But I believe that Judah was located in eastern uh, Excuse me, Western uh, Turkey. And that's why they called it Turkey. It's, it's a mockery. <clears throat> Bulgaria has to do with anal sex. Same thing with the Bogomils, who are actually true Christians. They're mocking all these people and anathematizing yes. them. Or you can trust the Vatican to tell you about heresy and heretics. You can do that too. They're going to lie across the board. They're going to tell you that the true remnant is – those are the heretics that need to be expunged, murdered, and you're supposed to go along with that. That's called the Inquisition, which lasted a lot longer than they told you in both directions, and that was a big conspiracy too. They lied to you about – Yeah, they say Spanish Inquisition. Well, every time you hear that, you're thinking, well, that took place in Spain. That's what they want you to think.
1: Well, and it wasn't towards Jews, it was towards um uh, it was towards um uh, the noblemen of the country.
0: Well, um, yeah, the Spanish Inquisition, if you want to focus on that, I mean if you can believe history, that supposedly was directed at the Jews. They expelled the Jews during the reign of Queen Isabella.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That whole thing is a massive psychological operation. I've mm-hmm. talked about that before, because queen, they they have these different um, females. I was just talking about this yesterday. No, two days ago with Emily. Mm-hmm. I think in a private phone call, yeah. that represent this goddess that we talked about earlier. We called her Kali. Mm-hmm. And you can see that they've Psyoptis, because if you say the word queen, you know, who's the queen? Everybody knows who the queen is, right? It's Queen Elizabeth. Notice how there's no other queen to compete with her. In other words, you're going, are you talking about the queen of uh, Sweden or are you talking about the queen of England? Nobody ever does that. They always know who you're talking about, but they've never thought about why. Now, if you say um, the king, nobody has a clue who you're talking about, right? What king? They say, what king? There's no king that clearly emerges. And I'm saying this is all deliberate. And she's actually there to glorify this queen. So you call her celestial queen? And they put her all through the media. And I say on my show that she's the one that's ruling. And I say that she's actually the consort of Satan. That she somehow or another usurped his power. She has a dominicrous quality to her. And um, it's all a big story I've talked about before. But I'm saying that um, that's what they were doing there with Queen Elizabeth I. That's why she stood out historically like that. That was all manufactured. And I'm saying they did the same thing with uh, Isabella. Because he, we're talking about Persephone here. And Persephone is Isabella. So is that supposed to be a big coincidence? No. And the whole Columbia thing, you know, with Columbus... Discovery of America was actually named after her. She's the Statue of Liberty, goddess. And before they had Uncle Sam, they had uh, the Columbia female figure Is the icon of America. Most people don't know that. And who is Uncle Sam? That's Samael. Satan, her consort. Do you understand? Mm You see how these people represent someone else that's esoteric? They troll this out there for the common man who reads newspapers. He doesn't do research. He knows nothing about the esoteric. He's not supposed to. You know, when you watch television, I see esoteric things, but um, they don't give you... They don't enable you to understand anything that's truly esoteric, ever. Just like they never talk about electromagnetic energy until these new new age channels, which I'm just assuming are there now. I have not seen them. Have you seen one, Bruce? I'm just assuming they must have these things now. I
1: thought, I, I thought every channel on the uh, YouTube uh, was a new age channel. Well, the thing with the
0: term New Age, you can expand it very broadly. It, it it actually carries over with secular humanism because there was an overall agenda. You can see what the agenda is. The, the agenda is not to make man more myst- mystical-minded or spiritual. There's an easy way to prove this. Go back and look at our mind-control institutions. We call them educational, and look at the propaganda they're spewing out. It's secular humanism, based on things like evolution. So that's an easy way to identify. You know, ideally, what would they like you to be—a secular humanist, okay? But if you um, wander away from that mindset, then they have all these different cubbyhole religions and philosophies waiting just for you. They got all the bases covered. Like, come over here, we got we got one for you. You know what I mean? You're starting to question your manufactured reality? Oh, well, you need to watch Oprah.
1: Well, everybody needs to begin with inquiry, and it doesn't start with Oprah. That's for damn sure.
0: Well, Oprah could never be the most successful female teacher in world history. Yes, I said that, didn't I? Unless she was enabled to be. So that was an agenda, too. You see, so they're pushing both. But there's an overlap. You know, because she's going to, I mean, do you think she's a creationist? No, she's going to, see, See these New Agers, man, they don't have a problem with uh, evolution. And, and, and if they do, they they call it theistic evolution. And you've got you a lot think- of Christians out there, like, just a second, in the, you know, Roman Catholicism, because the Jesuits have influenced this kind of thing. They hold to the view uh it's called theistic evolution. And they believe that, the you know, they, they don't, necessarily deny the Bible, but they believe though they believe that evolution can be reconciled with the Bible and they believe that God
1: worked through evolution. That's what they believe. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Do you think that there is such a thing as does a, so, does a society even exist?
0: See, when you uh, raise questions like that you have to define the term. So what do you mean
2: by society? I say society is a cult. But I mean... The cult does, exists. As far as the individual
1: goes.
0: But see, this society is also, it's a sham.
1: There's yes. in, in another
0: context, you could say, this is not a true society. This society is, it's a sham, it's its fake. So in that sense, there's truth. So it depends on what kind of context, you see that? But I, I, I emphasize primarily that it's a cult. You're born into a cult, yes. and you're never supposed to figure that out. <clears throat> and people don't.
1: Well, you know, the consciousness of uh, an evil, of a, a, a brain that's limited, that's been hurt continuously since childhood. Traumatized. Uh,
0: that's, that's what the society does. It, 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 it's yeah. ongoing trauma directed at you, psychological trauma.
1: But what I'm saying is that, that, that you... Effect. Go ahead. Use it. I'm using you and me as uh, just for communications sake that that um that that so called individual which is a product of this corrupt society uh, what i'm what I'm getting to is it doesn't even exist see?
2: and what no, i, I, don't I don't in a
0: qualified know. sense, you can make a case it doesn't because it's a shame yeah it's, in other words, it's not a true society.
1: Yeah, whether it's secular or religious, or it, I mean, the, the words used by these these oligarchs are, are are put together to keep us to keep us um, divided, out of
0: line, and, and confused, and delusional,
1: confused and delusional, and, and in the dark. Yeah.
0: You know. so what you're talking about is the fact that this is a highly artificial society, and from that it, viewpoint, well, it's not a society at all. It's not a true society
1: i I'll go so far I'll go a step over and say it doesn't exist
0: yeah okay see okay. um it's,
1: it's it's it's
0: see it's it's this is barbarism yeah technological barbarism that we have today, and it's an open asylum and so no, when you, once you start to see that you go what kind of society is this well, I just said that it. Is. it's an open asylum.
1: Would you, people would
0: you, are getting crazier and crazier and crazier, and that's what these drugs are doing. There's, you know, this great book out there by a lady who is proven. I mean, see what she's saying. Uh, what's the name, of, the name of the book? She's saying that the food itself is making you crazy. I'm talking about psychological disturbances. Oh, the name of the book is The Crazy Makers. I'm pretty sure. The Crazy Makers. I've heard her interviewed. Now she, <laughs> I'm not even sure if she's talking about pharmaceutical drugs. She's just talking about the food. There's so much poison in the food. This stuff is diabolically designed to give you psychological disturbances. Now, you look around at people, and I'm telling you, man, things are deteriorating. There's an easy way to point this out. Just look at, you You know, you drive around. You're a great example. Your profession is driving a truck. And just like if you're a schoolteacher who's been around since the 60s or 70s, you see the ongoing deterioration of children, you know, mentally. And manifesting physically, they can't even sit still. You know what I mean? You have seen the deterioration in uh, people driving automobiles. You notice that? Mm-hmm. It's an on. I haven't even asked this before, but it's an ongoing deterioration. Now, look at road rage alone. Is there more road rage, or are things improving? They're not getting better. Everything is deteriorating. These people, man these people they're not even they should not even be behind the wheel of a car they're too unstable you've got all these people out there that are drinking because they're depressed and they're on pharmaceutical drugs and you know even the doctors will say you know you can't mix alcohol with the but do they listen yeah they're alcoholics but they're on pharmaceutical drugs and now they're behind the steering wheel bruce and they're coming towards you uh Thankfully, you're in a large vehicle, but that's going to be problems if you get into Iraq anyway, because this whole society is is lawyer-driven, and it's designed to turn everybody into a criminal. And they don't have to turn you into a criminal. You already are one because they have all these little micro laws that you don't even know about. Ha, ha, ha. You don't even know about it. You're a criminal, too. Did you know that you're a criminal? (laughs) Did you download a BitTorrent file? you are a criminal we're coming to get you we just haven't done it yet <clears throat> but we're coming Well,
1: to- you know there's uh there are uh billions literally billions of uh of uh tentacles of of uh fear that you know that the entire the entire narcissistic uh, consciousness is uh I, I, I look at it as the a, a river of Hades or hell. Uh-huh. And when one steps out of that, uh, I'm not going to say that's the wrong word. Uh, when one inquires into this this entire network of what man has put together... You're not
0: supposed to inquire. Don't ask questions in the cult. Believe what like you're told. Accept the version of reality. Don't probe, Bruce. You're probing. Stop. You're not... Don't you want to be a good citizen? Do you want to be a good citizen? Well,
1: when one begins to question and inquire into the entire, the whole, the whole mess, (laughs) one (laughs) find. that's where one, huh? Uh,
0: One of my favorite groups out there is called Swing Out Sister, and they got this, Actually, it was the bumper music song. I just haven't played it yet. It's got this great song called Be- A Beautiful Mess. I guess that's oh. what we have here because, um, you know, people don't want to acknowledge that society is a sham because that's all we have. So yeah. they, they, to them it's a big, beautiful mess because they love their programming.
1: Now let me ask Stop and think other...
0: about one thing. How, how important money is. Let's expose this. How important is money? Money Look, even back in, in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, it said money answers all things. Now look at this society, which is, you know, that was not a consumerist society. These people idolize money. That's what they seek. And this is actually a form of self-worship. Don't, don't, don't be confused, okay? But now, you believe and I believe that God has a better way. Now, he, he, he's been fundamentally evolved with money. Don't get me wrong. But the superior way... Well, actually, if you go back and you understand the Golden Age, whether you believe in that era or not, you know, the classic Golden Age of the um, Greeks and Romans, where you had this pristine era where there was actually no possessions and there was no desire. And everybody was happy. Isn't that something? You could say, well, that was all a myth. Well... We're just talking about it as a theoretical possibility here because we don't need to, okay? But now look look at people today, okay? If you even convince people that are conspiratorial, you know, that this all goes back, and there's, there's a great book out there called The Babylonian Woe, that all this goes back to uh, that time. I actually believe it goes back to Samaritanos. And I believe that coins, at least after the flood, probably had to do with sacred prostitution, which yeah. is some kind of a uh, term that needs to be uh, precisely defined, but I'm not going to go on that right now.
1: Yeah, they put them in their I think that eyes. term is a,
0: a bit of a misnomer. But anyway, I mean, it goes. it's very ancient. It's a system of control. You see? Mm-hmm. But now, you know, bartering is superior, but but you see, you can convince people that bartering is better, but it doesn't matter. They are in love with this system. You understand that, Bruce. This is a mo- the money system. That's what we call it. The Christians love the money system. These people would not want a different system. They love the system. You can tell them this is a system of control, and they'll actually acknowledge it. But if you talk about, okay, we're going to stop it right now, would you be happy? <gasps> oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because they've been programmed to be good consumers and their happiness. Remember I said that Christians are actually materialists? See, that exposes their happiness is actually material things. They love this. Just like is you can app- sit there, you can do the same thing with a cell phone. You can say everything this phone is doing for you on, on a, a health, uh, biological basis is, is destroying you. Okay? You can show them document after document after and they will actually agree with it. Oh, this is horrible. I didn't know this. You know, Are they going to stop using a cell phone? No. They go right on, because they love their cell phone. And their whole life is based around a smartphone. You see that? Same thing with technology. If you to tell people, sit down in a seminar, and it goes on day after day, this technology is harming you, it's diabolical. I mean, it's negative frequencies. I mean, there's nothing good about it. I'm just talking about a strictly technological, how it relates to biological organisms like Wi-Fi, cell phone towers. Uh, positive uh, ions that emit from all uh, technology in your home and they actually put you in an electromagnetic prison with negative left-spin energy that they could easily reverse. We're talking about the electrical currents in your home. They're going to do that? Oh, no, we're not going to do that. Because we're the same black magicians that use this. I mean, there's a whole spectrum of frequencies for a cell phone. Oh, and they just happen to zero it in on a human frequency. You know, there's actually a human frequency. Oh, but that was all coincidence, Dave. You see, I'm a coincidence theorist, and you have a very dark, negative view of the world. And when I listen to your talk, I find it somewhat disturbing, Dave. Yeah, it's more a... These things were true, Bruce. My government would warn me about them, and they have Maybe... not done so, and you are setting yourself up some kind of authority and you know what I think about you, Dave? I think that you're a narcissist. You're full of yourself. You're in love with your own opinion. If these things were true, the government would warn us about it. What
1: do you think about that, Bruce? Well, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's more of a Jew incidence. Um, <laughs> and, and you know that word was coined for their their own purposes. And, uh, yeah. and as in the days of... Uh, when uh, God was manifested in the flesh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, uh, what was the one thing the people were afraid of?
0: The one thing for the people of, were afraid of?
1: For fear of the... Uh, it's not a hard question. Mm. Maybe I'm mm. overthinking.
0: It's not jumping off the page at me. The, for fear? Of, of, are you talking about the first century?
1: For, yeah, for fear of the Judeans.
0: Oh. I wouldn't have got that one.
1: Oh, come on. It's all over the Gospels.
0: Let me see. That was an agrarian culture. Um, in the ancient mind, probably the, the, the main thing they feared was a bad harvest, Bruce. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that anymore. we got a supermarket. See that?
1: I had another question.
0: They were Mr. very David. tight into the earth. Go
1: ahead. Another question. I asked if uh, the, about this uh, thing of sus- call, we call society and individualism and narcissism.
0: Yeah, individualism is a very important word.
1: We're not the whole the old, See,
0: older uh, communities were collective and communal, and we're all designed to compete. You know, the compete c- the consumer mindset, the the me versus you programming. I'm better than you. Uh, my opinion is better than you on Facebook. You know, you're wrong. I'm right. And uh, But you're all supposed to be an individual, just like, you know, the super mom. Remember they manufactured the super mom back in 1980s? And you're supposed to, you know, oh, look at her.
2: Whoa, what, look at what
0: she can do as an individual. Don't you want to be just like her? Yeah. But ancient societies were very collective. They worked together as a group to get things done, and that was okay. But no,
1: no, no, no. you got to compete with everybody. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Now, um with a, the the question is is there is there a mind that has never been uh, corrupted by men? No. Men wait. corrupt
0: each other, and uh, not, Ameri- the wait. American society is corrupting this planet more than any other society in world history. Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait.
1: No, I'm not talking about a man. Uh, a man. Is there a mind? Okay. Now, when never- you use
0: the word mind, you do it in a particular context. That is a bit unusual. So, why don't you define what you mean by mind in this particular context? Because there's different types of minds. So, what kind of mind are you talking about?
1: I'm talking about the mind—a mind that has never been hurt.
0: You got to give me better details than that.
1: Is there
0: a a mind
1: that's holy and sacred? That's what. Come on, Dave. I say it again. A mind that is sacred and whole. And and not uh, according
0: corrupt. to scripture, Romans chapter three is it there says there is no one who is good. There's no, no one who is righteous. Is that what you're talking
1: about? I'm not talking about, a, I'm not talking about a brain, I'm talking about a mind.
0: Okay, now I distinguish between the brain and the mind. I believe that the mind is electromagnetic and extends outside of the brain, and we've actually been psyoped into believing it all has to do with this organ called the brain, and the smartest exactly. brain that ever existed was Einstein. That's what we're told. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still I not sure what you're talking about there when you say mind. What do you mean by
2: mind? Um. you got to define it better. There's different types of mind. There's a universal
1: mind.
0: There's a collective uh, mind. I actually believe that kind of stuff. As long as you qualify it.
1: I created all things, Dave.
0: Oh, you're talking about God.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the first thing that people will say, right? But for the time being, uh, what people call God are no gods, right? What, Mm -hmm. you know, or if we have an image of him...
3: Or,
2: because if God made us in his own image, he must be a poor God. I was thinking about uh, how Gnostics used to use the word mind
0: with a capital M. At least they do that modernly when it's represented that way. uh, And New Agers, I mean, they actually use the word
1: mind, you know, for God. A mind that's not not based on any conditioning, see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anything. So Use my
0: divine. Use my divine mind here.
1: Well, we could we could word it that way, but I, you know it's been people. Well, you
0: didn't have, you didn't word it properly because I did I, said, I didn't even know where you what kind of mind you're talking about. They're talking about a human mind.
1: No, well, okay. scripture speaks of it as the mind of the anointed, right, of Christ. Mind yes, that, uh, the
0: Bible talks about the mind of Christ. That's very interesting. Uh, but it also talks about a collective mind of Christ. Is that witness with you at all? Yeah, See, the, Christ, the Bible talks about the body of Christ, and there's, Christ. A collect, there's a collective mind within that particular context. It sounds kind of New Agey at first. You're going, what are you talking well, Christ, about there,
1: Dave? Christ is not divided.
0: Remember when the Bible says, "Put on the mind of Christ." Now, what do you think that means? That means you participate in the mind of Christ. I, I don't.
3: I, yeah.
0: I want to be careful here because uh, I think it teaches more than one thing. Uh, when it talks about put on the mind of Christ, it's primarily talking about approaching reality uh, in the way that Christ did with a holy mind.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, not fragmented and broken up like our, our like yeah. consciousness is. Mm-hmm. See, I, I different. I, I, what I see is in scripture is the the consciousness of man is is, oh, totally,
2: totally bent on, uh, on one thing, me.
0: You have to get permission on this show ahead of time, uh, Bruce, to use the word consciousness. So far. Only Connie and Emily can do that. You have to ask me
1: for permission. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you were comedian. uh, That's a joke. joke. Yeah, that's a very sensitized word. With uh, it's a
0: trigger word that
1: Christians are, you know.
0: It just, you know, it just it's just a substitute for awareness. You don't have to react to it in horror. I don't use the word because I know it's a trigger word, and Chris is. I, so I use the word awareness because Chris is to go. Dave's getting new age on his show. Have you listened to it lately? Sounds like he's new age all along. I knew he was a new ager. He's a he's a closet the, new ager. He's pretending to be a Christian to fool everybody because he wants to make more money.
1: To me, the you human know is, I'm
0: crying on here. of money all the time. Come on, Bruce. This show's all about making money. Big all. money. Or just rolling in the dough here,
3: well, you know.
0: We got so we got to be careful what we say. We don't want people to give us less money.
3: Oh,
0: As you know, there's big money in podcasting, <clears throat> especially if you talk about things that other people don't talk about that they can't relate to, like deep conspiracies. This is why I have a huge income because there's so many people that can relate to me. That was a uh. joke too. Exact opposite is true. You're never going to make much money uh, with subject matter that less than 1% of humanity can relate to. You're kind oh. of sunk. Yeah. Not going to What's go
1: through What does the scripture say in regards to that, right? Seek ye first, yeah, and all these other things be added. But. uh yeah, that's a general what,
0: principle. Mm hmm. Uh, doing God's will, let him worry about the uh, prosperity. He takes care of
1: uh, everybody, yeah, oh, he,
0: supplies everybody's that, needs.
1: But you got to remember, we got to help God out, right?
0: Well, that's what but, we uh, think. But see, he yeah. had a covenant with Israel, and if they did what they were supposed to do, he supplied their needs. Now, I'm saying that, that we live in a different situation here, and that's why you see all these things that are awry, because we have more poverty than they did in ancient Israel, because there were provisions made in the law of Moses, just like in the book of Ruth. If you did happen to have a single woman, um, there was provisions in the law where she could at least fend for herself. You know, Ruth was doing that. And, you know, you see this also in apostolic law, where they would take care of the widows. Now, they don't do that in a local church, They're they're concerned about building programs with these delusional pastors who seem to believe that um, God wanted them to build a church building, even though that's nowhere found in the Bible. So they begin with that delusional premise, and then they, they believe that I have this vision from God. It's you not know, your local pastor's delusional because most of them are doing this. And if they're not doing it, they, they feel like, I really need to do this so I can be a better pastor because they're programmed, too, in a consumerist culture, which is actually a massive cult. Okay, And so, um, yeah, we need to, be able to build a, a bigger church so we can reach out to the community. This is kind of like the delusional belief that we can just change this world, in Jesus' name, through political system. All you got to do is just get more uh, Christian politicians out there, Bruce, and we can change this world in Jesus' mighty name. No, I think what you need to do is look within and stop looking without and realize that Christianity is corrupt. And then you can deal with these, you know, foundational problems and actually reform is, is Christianity being reformed? No. No. It's not getting better, it's getting worse, just along with everything else, except for technology, everything is deteriorating, and Christians are going down with it too, and so, so is Christianity and all the churches and, and it's just wonderful. We just keep on watching television while everything deteriorates and deny the awful reality, which we're too lazy to or stupid to do anything about it anyway. Or too disorganized or too divisional. What have we done in this society, any kind of significant victory? Because you've got all these people that talk about, we can beat the system, Dave. Okay, how's that working for you there, huh, in this uh, society of uh, control? Give me an example where you beat the system. And I say, well, you know, we had housewives who emailed their congressmen. And they finally took the lead out of the paint. Ah, but did you notice that they put mercury in right after that? So you can go waste your time for another ten years, and I'm actually glad somebody's doing that. If that's your level of knowledge, we need people like that. I don't want to go down uh, to the local fire department and vote because it burns too many calories. I can't justify it, but I'm actually glad that people are voting. It makes me a little uncomfortable if nobody votes. You can change absolutely nothing. I like people out there protesting, too. Yeah, you march the dimes, do the whole thing, you know. I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm not delusional enough. But it, it gives me some degree of comfort that there are delusional people out there that want to expend that energy because that's their level of awareness. So go just well, march all you want and go through the motion, and uh, it There's makes me is feel so- better if somebody cares.
1: You think it's important to find out what happens when uh, everything man has put together comes to a complete end? In your
0: yeah, to define a complete end, I'm a uh, a dissolutionist, so I believe that the entire creation is eventually dissolved. What do you mean by a complete end? The end of this culture.
1: Everything that one knows.
0: You're talking about all knowledge.
2: You sound like a Buddhist now. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, there you go. Uh, You're going to go to
0: Nirvana? See how I'm putting labels on you, Bruce? Doesn't that make
3: you too
1: uncomfortable? There's, no, no, there's a CI idiot. That I'm just started, poking fun. He, he started calling me Buddha Brucey, you know.
3: Okay. And
1: uh, he was all about himself, promoting his uh, CI, m- big muckety-muck stuff. Mm-hmm and calling himself the top uh, top authority on uh, historical studies and all kinds of garbage, mm-hmm. you know, lifting himself up. And, uh, you know, he identified, uh, I, w- I don't have any interest in, I don't pray to Buddha. I pray to our Heavenly Father. You know, and uh, he's, uh, you know, and uh, you get all kinds of people that want to identify with some yeah, that's it. Bill Fink, yeah. They want to
0: identify.
1: <laughs>
0: Look at the gas fork. I'm sorry. You're up to you. Go ahead. You,
1: would you trust a, a man with a name like Fink?
0: In my conspiratorial mind, I would normally assume that that name is manufactured. They're actually telling you, but um, mm. I, I'm not asserting that But in this particular but, instance. I mean, you can have you names know. like that.
1: People want to identify with a deity, right?
0: Is somebody, his last name is Horn? Horn? I get suspicious. Or Bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Now, all these people, they have satanic names. That's not their real name, that's just for public consumption. But they loved. Let me give you an example here. Um, if you think for even a microsecond that Dave. Uh, somewhere in the back of my mind considered the outlandish possibility that what's going on there in Burns, Oregon, could possibly not be manufactured, uh, you, you would be wrong. I just assumed that from the very beginning. So now we have the son of – what's this? okay, I'm trying to remember his name. It's not Clyde. Clive. C-L-I-V-E. That name sounds very satanic to me. It's just, I I can't quite explain why, but here's what we do now. There's not 13 Illuminati bloodlines that are running the world. I'm sorry to disappoint you folks. Uh, But there are 13, uh, not that we can define it as 13, but there's a relatively small number of families like that on the managerial class at the very bottom. Oh, my God. What did you just say, Dave? I said, at the very bottom, they're the managerial class. They're kind of like, you know, like janitor in a hospital. Ooh, he's real powerful, isn't he? He takes orders and cleans up messes. That's what they do. These That's guys the are the
3: scape-
0: these guys are the scapegoats. Hierarchy, scapegoats. The hierarchy. Uh,
1: the
0: scapegoats. You're about
1: the hierarchy. Well, when the
0: black magicians when they uh, do their tricks. And always get away with it because you don't even know anything about them. You never see them. You don't have any knowledge whatsoever. These guys have to clean up their messes. And then we're supposed to be convinced that they're running the show. Okay. So the reason I say that <clears throat> is because, you know, Fritz Springman wrote a book about this, and uh, he's a very complex figure. I've talked about him before. But I mean, the Bundy, you know, whether he, what he says is right or not, there's no question. There's a powerful family called Bundy. It's Illuminati. It's a bloodline, okay? And, of course, you know, I'm from Tacoma here, and uh, we have Ted Bundy, who's a notorious serial killer. Uh, Assuming that all of that was uh, not fake, I just don't want you to know that I, I don't think it was fake. I think his parents were Satanists, and they were in on it, too. And he was programmed... And we know they're involved with all this because <clears throat> one of the um, micro-exceptions for devolution, I have said that they are before, is there are less serial killers. Most people haven't thought about this. okay? And this goes against the devolutionary trend, which tells you it's artificial. Because there should be more serial killers. Now, the fact that there's not more serial killers, unless there's a cover-up of the serial killers, which is possible, that's possible, but they're not in the news as much as they used to be, okay? So I, I'm proceeding off the assumption that there's less of them. It, it's a public psyop. If you look at, like, you know, uh, the son of Sam, you got to wonder, did that guy do any of that stuff? Or when he did it, was he always on mind control? Because who's the son of Sam? Who is Sam? Today's lesson is Sam is code for who? Satan. Uncle Sam, Son of Sam, because the average person who is uneducated, they've never even heard and never will hear the name Samael. You ever heard the word Samael on uh, television? I would not be surprised if they throw that word around maybe like three times over a decade on the History Channel. The average person, he's not even going to remember that name. So it wouldn't even matter anyway. It's not going to penetrate his thick skull. Okay. So, what are we talking about here, Bruce?
1: Uh, oh, yeah.
0: I was going oh, somewhere I with that, but I, I got a distraction in the background, so. Oh, I'll have to give the phone up here
2: before too long. Oh, um, well, I, mean, I was going somewhere with that. Where was I going? you remember? That was just... I, don't, right I point. don't think it's a matter of going anywhere, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to have this rote little discussion. You go down your little points uh, like a pastor does. You know, one, two, three, four, five, you know. And uh, that's that's the way we're supposed to talk because that's the way my pastor talks. No, that was manufactured, too. And your Uh hands are supposed to be gently folded as you have a bemused look on your face. And just sit there and uh, not critique anything. Just believe whatever your pastor says, because he's an authority. And then you're supposed to memorize it and believe it. And they call that education. Did you know that that's a cult? You can't even... You know, people talk about how it's difficult to question things in, in a college classroom. And you can for a while, but not too much. Well, which is which is worse? A local church setting or a college classroom where the professor's absolute authority? Do you realize that the pastor has more authority than the college professor? You cannot question a pastor in a church setting. Do you ever see that going on? You ever see anybody question the pastor? That's like an outrage.
2: This is that's a that's sacred
0: not- convention here. Bruce you cannot question oh, the authority. What? Well, guess what, folks? That is a cult. You understand? Yeah. That's a cult. But see, what? well, I, it's called Christianity. That's that's my religion. Uh, yeah, I know. But here, it's something to make you feel better. Everything else is a cult too. But does that make you feel better
1: or not? I don't know. Well, you
2: know what's more not, important? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's more
1: important than the pastor or the cult or is one's attitude or approach. And uh, that's what needs to be looked at. And uh, so you don't waste your time
2: uh, looking for a man or flesh and blood. Uh, you stand
1: alone. You know, a stand-alone computer... Even a computer, you know, a standalone computer—they call it one that's not tied into a network. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, when you get a new computer, you want it to be clean—a clean install, right? Right. But uh, that's the brain is just like a computer, you know, whatever's programmed into it. And so to wipe out to disconnect all the networks of uh being connected
2: <laughs>
1: to uh you know you it just the question raises it the, answering this question would determine if your head was to be cut off first thing in the morning or not you need to find the answer. That's the attitude one needs in inquiring into, being able to stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore, like Paul says uh, in Ephesians, so that uh, all the wind of doctrine and slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they will lie in wait to deceive, that you may... uh, be not found
2: wanting, you know. That means to have a brain that's absolutely quiet and still. I think he's talking about an unprogrammed mind. Uh, The difference between the ancient mind that he was speaking to and today's
0: mind is that these minds today are all programmed by technology and those minds were not programmed by technology. And ask yourself this question. Do you think that might be significant? Because these people are essentially biological robots that we refer to as former humans because their DNA has been radically altered. And do you think that might make a difference? Or what do you think?
2: I think so. I think it's a new breed. A new product that came off an assembly line.
0: And we're just kind of going along with the show and say
2: everything normal.
0: And it'll
1: all come to a head. And the decision... And all this
0: transgender be- agenda, you know what this has to do with, I pointed out before, Christians. Everything has to do with Christians, you see. Because I said on the show before that They're not trying to help anybody. They despise all of you because you're inferior. Bloodline, that's what it's all about, ultimately. And they're on a different side, and you're on a different side. Doesn't matter if you're Christian or not, you're not on their side because you have to be born into it to have the right to be on their side. This is what they believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. And you are just a vermin. They they would love to exterminate you, but you can't do it right now because they don't have God's permission. They, they They
2: actually know that. But, um they're not they're not here to help you and well they're they're here to help
1: themselves to what you have <laughs> which is nothing <laughs> of your own selves right mm-hmm. but they can't they
2: when we speak of uh when we speak of these uh Rulers of the darkness of this world, uh, they have a chain of command that goes
1: all the way up to...
0: Uh... The old devil. Yeah. You don't believe in the old devil, do you? Bruce. Did you know that yeah. was a medieval myth concocted by the Roman Catholic Church to put everybody under their, their thumb, in, along with the fear of hell? You're not doubting zeitgeist again, are you? Are you wandering away from the pristine truth on YouTube? (laughs) You know you have the pristine truth on YouTube. We know that for a fact because look at all the things they predicted about September that came to pass. Remember all those things that came to pass about September? So you know you can trust YouTube. Go to YouTube for your authority.
1: You think there's going to be a second 9-11?
0: Oh, I guarantee it. Uh you're really just talking about what size, but it's predicted in the pet goat two video and uh that is the most amazing piece of visual propaganda that I have ever seen. Mm. And I'm going to make the massive assumption which is not massive to me, that uh that false flag they're predicting will come to pass. But you know, they've they've created everyone. In, in in you know different sizes. They had a smaller one for Vietnam, but they did have one. But they they do it, they do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. I believe they had one for the Spanish American War. They they had the Lus- Lusitania there in uh, World War One, which is more important than people think. And
2: um, you know they had um, Pearl Harbor. Man, if you haven't figured out that Oswald
0: did not shoot Kennedy and uh, you're stuck at the Pearl Harbor Harbor level, I mean, even the History Channel is starting to question that version of reality. In fact, they always are, but they leave you with these questions at the end. What really happened? How do we know? Because they want you to tune in for more dribble to figure out if Oswald did it? My God. Well, There's people, after, double. There's people that are stuck. at that and They think that, oh, wow, I mean, I'm listening to these alternative ideas here. Oswald may not have done it, really. Well, you're a very, very intelligent person. But well, he thinks you he's know, smarter than other people in his neighborhood. Well, not, you ever, uh, yeah, if Washington. you were to
1: question, to question whether Kennedy even was shot in the first place. Uh,
0: yeah, but well, that's your view. I can't prove that wrong. I'll be the first to tell you, but I, I think that I hold to the killing of the king ritual. They, there's an ancient killing of the king ritual, which is talked about in the classic work. I believe it's a guy named James Fraser called the Golden Bough. But its um, if you believe anything about history, they, it's something they've been doing over and over again. And uh, anciently, it actually had to do with the concept of atonement, that you would kill this king in order to make atonement for the society. But I believe that my view is that JFK, I was just talking about this with Emily, I believe it was her, that both JFK, no, it was somebody else. Uh, I can't even remember. It was a female. (laughs) JFK and Marilyn Monroe uh, were manufactured uh, to point to two people that are coming, the king and the queen. This is why you had all this uh, Camelot hoopla around JFK. this is why they talked about him being a king, but the other ones they didn't. Because it was all very, had a very ritualistic quality to it. And there was a guy that uh, asked me a simple question. His name is Chris Mandels. And uh, he he asked if, if Marilyn Monroe was a deliberate type of Semiramis. And I said, yes, and I went off on like a 45-minute rant. I was like, what did he just say? What the heck does Marilyn Monroe have to do with uh... – it's it, it's it's great horror, Babylon programming. And there's different types
1: of it. Well, people that say uh, that Marilyn Monroe are
0: – All teenage girls have immature. horror Babylon programming. It's directed mm-hmm. at you. It doesn't mean that you have to respond to it, yes. but it's directed at – every. and we're starting to see this now. And, um, you know, that's what Madonna's doing and Lady Gaga and Katy Perry. It's their uh, it's great horror programming. They're they're carrying out their personal life in order to do what? Same thing with Miley Cyrus, okay, to turn other people into uh, this, you know, have this great horror mentality. You whore yourself out. Now, we're seeing here that, you know, this is not working in Western culture. It, it's not working. People are not getting happier. You know, with more well, drugs.
2: No, I more think people,
1: I think people are getting happier but the, I mean I don't I don't equate happiness and joy together, right?
0: <laughs> no, I distinguish between the two. I said before it's an artificial happiness, remember?
3: Yeah. People believe yeah, like,
0: that they're happy. They're also depressed. You also have t- people that will tell you that uh, they're depressed, and they'll, and they'll also try to convince um, you or themselves that they're happy as well. It's like they're bipolar. They don't realize what's going on. They're too distracted to even look at themselves and realize that they're a highly programmed individual. And they know absolutely nothing about the cause. They don't, if you said the word programming, they say, what are you talking about, my TV show? They don't have a clue what's going on. Not a clue. You ask him what? Can you tell me what a social engineer is? They'd say, um, "Well, I've never really heard that phrase before." What does that mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. We had some fellow come down to the truck terminal one day, and his. uh, I asked him, "What do do you do?" He says, "Uh, "I'm a human resource manager. I, I just thought, well." What's a human resource manager? That's what
0: the Illuminati are, human resource managers.
1: And they couldn't answer it. And
0: uh,
1: I didn't expect them to either. Mm -hmm. But um, the the computer in the brain, uh, they have this frequency uh, turned uh, to uh,
2: um, divide
1: and conquer. That's their... Through deception wage wage war, and uh you know um, Paul says that he shall come in all the you know all the power of Satan to deceive those who uh, of us who probably deserve to be deceived because we never take a day to question to find out you know. To inquire,
0: that would require and a little bit of effort.
2: Where, calorie, where it expenditure, you know. Yeah, just well, a I, day. Yeah, I know.
0: Ponder reality for one day of your life. Can you do that, please? No, I don't have time. The thing that they have the most time to do, which explains why they have no time, is television watching, huge blocks of time watching television. And uh, where did all the time go? Because we said before that technology was supposed to give us more time, but it it stole the time because they turned you into a slave. You have to have your programming. You're addicted to your programming, you know, your Game of Thrones, your American horror Story.
1: Yeah, and if you have a computer and the memory is totally wiped out on it,
2: you know, no memory. Huh? God forbid.
1: (laughs) But if if a different program was installed, you wouldn't know how to use it. Hmm. Uh, You'd have to start all over uh, learning about it. And... uh, the scripture speaks about that we're not trained to to uh, live without uh, worry and problems. We're not trained for that. We're constantly trained to have constant problems, to meet one problem with another
2: problem, one worry with another worry. And so... Um, only God can break that pattern, that program,
1: on whom He wants to do it.
0: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, if you look at something like MK Ultra, how would you have ever even known that it is programming? Uh, the programming is broken down because you're talking about, uh, you know, compartmentalized information, and uh, they're they're hiding and concealing parts of the brain. They're compartmentalizing the brain. So, how do you do? You have absolute knowledge about what they did to the brain. No. So how do you know that this programming is broken down? We actually don't. Now, knowledge how can, how
2: is that gonna happen?
0: Uh, well it's gonna to have to be supernatural.
1: God's gonna have yeah, to do knowledge. it. That's, That's right. Knowledge can never be knowledge can never be complete about anything. And just that unless rate, it's a
0: simple philosophical truth. I agree. Well, with
1: well knowledge is limited. And uh, it's a, it's well, a I believe
0: there's some things we can know for sure.
1: Well, I'm saying what I'm saying is, you know, the the man who invented the jet had to scrap the propeller. But even the jet plane, you can build one to go faster and faster, but it's still limited. See, is what I'm saying. Technology. Uh, so the, the, there's a absolutely a, a totally different instrument that's required, and that's not of man. It's not man-made. Okay,
0: uh, I, I remember where I veered off. I want to go back to that. I was talking about um, the Bundys, okay, and actually what was going on in Burns, Oregon there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I, I was never fooled for a moment which, what what's going on with the Bundy Ranch. First of all, as soon as Dave hears the word Bundy, I mean, you're already going, hold it, why would I buy into this without any yeah. kind of evidence? Because they, just say, they keep saying the word Bundy over and over again. So I'm going to be immediately suspicious. I'm not going to believe anything they say. But yeah, the whole thing was exposed. And see, you're supposed to rally around. It's called the false solution. Problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem. The people cry out, we need to get something done. They're stealing away our lands from us. So they give you a solution. And what's the solution? Uh, Clive Bundy. What a joke. And then look around at people like Alex Jones and all these other clowns. And they start rallying around him, you see. A good giveaway. Same old show. This is all done for uh, people of low intelligence, which is that's what most Americans are. It's just a fact. People of low intelligence, okay? It's you cannot well – uh, what are most Americans doing? Staring at a uh, flickering screen. Is that going to make you intelligent? No. So therefore, by default, they would be people of low intelligence. Uh, well, that gee, Dave, that wasn't very hard to figure out. You've got some good ideas there, Dave. I'm going to have to come around here more often. <laughs> I'm learning new things every day. So anyway, uh, yeah, no. this this character they have down there in, um, you know, this is a little bit complex story, but he's in there now. His name is Ammon Bundy, and he's the son of Cli- Cliven. Now, Ammon, I don't like that name. If his father's name Cliven, I've never even heard of the word Cliven. It sounds satanic. And I don't like Amen either because it sounds too much like a god called Amen. Um, Amen Ra? Ra? You ever heard of Amen Ra? <laughs> now, I've actually said on the show that I think that's what Amen is. I don't buy into all this stuff, but I I can't prove it. But like, I know Israel? one thing for sure: what, any word that they that they they're going to give you in a weaponized language like English, if you're going to say it over and over again, they're going to be extremely motivated to make that satanic. So that's exactly what it is. What is the number one word that we use? God. God. And what is God? Oh, well, it's actually a, a pagan, Germanic, late medieval term. God. That's what we're using. And also the word hell, uh, that's also a German deity called H-E-L. And uh, a lot of times these things, that you know, they just sound phonetically the same. They don't have to be spelled the same. But I actually think that Amen is an artificial construct, and it has to do with Satan. And Satan is Ra, and Amen Ra is Satan. And I'm highly suspicious that Mr. Amen Bundy is named after Satan. And the reason they put him out there is the same reason they manufacture the ISIS which is largely just um, a bunch of manufactured stories. I'm not saying they don't exist at all. okay? Uh, manufactured stories, photo ops, at which are, some of them are obviously fake, and I'll actually go so far as to say they actually want you to know they're fake. But that's for um, a certain segment of the conspiracy crowd. They want you to know that we're... <laughs> We control everything and uh, you can't figure out what's true because there's fake fakery and now you're all confused And because this is our little psyop to make you delusional. See, you thought that you weren't going to be delusional because you were going to explore your world on the Internet and watch YouTube. I tell you what, YouTube is a great place to become delusional. You can become delusional by watching television or just watching YouTube videos who are people who are absolutely not qualified to define reality for you but they give you titillation. And you know what it's all about? Me, me, me. I want to create a video. I want to set myself up as a teacher. And you've got all these opportunities, you know, technology. The problem is you don't know enough. Punk. All right? In the ancient world, this was completely laughable. If one of these people set them up as an authoritative teacher in a village, uh, no one would – first of all, people would ignore him, okay? And if they kept, you know, talking, then they would probably throw rotten fruit at him because you have to have a reputation that precedes you. And in the ancient world, people had mentors because it was what? A collective system where people worked together. You didn't try to usurp your elders, and you couldn't. Because everybody knew that you had to acquire knowledge over time. Now YouTube you don't have to do that. Just um you know, well, you use know. a lot use a lot of images and throw images around because that's what people are programmed to respond to. Not words. Images. You see, books are not important anymore. Images attract people because they're programmed to be attracted to images. You cannot bypass words. You're never going to bypass passwords, Not unless you're using telepathy. You want to use telepathy? Okay, but we're not talking about that, are we? I mean, Chris is don't I don't believe in that, Dave. Well, that's good. It makes my job easier, okay? See, sometimes this actually helps me. <laughs> oh, you're superstitious beliefs. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but, but most of these conspiracy theorists, their world is defined by YouTube. That's their... You know, they what they did see... This is a psyop, the YouTube psyop. Uh, you know, if you're not going to believe what you're told on your barking boob box, then we're going to give you YouTube. Okay? Now, there is such a multiplicity of opinions on there. You don't see this on television. I mean, we have 9-11. Notice that all the, all the all the channels, they all tell you the same version. How do we know that? Well, you know, it had to do with Bin Laden, and now we have to go to war with Iraq. Oh, but there's no conspiracy. Because this is the absolute truth. And... uh you need to be a good citizen, believe what you're told, and send your sons and daughters off to die for a good purpose. Uh, because we want to have a massive blood ritual, and you're too stupid to figure it out, because uh, you don't believe in that kind of stuff. So the joke's on you, okay? But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to see what they're going to do with this thing there in Burns, Oregon. And see, they chose a city with the word Burns, and I'm not claiming I know what it means but I'm highly suspicious because there's other little local towns that don't have potentially esoteric terms like burns. And actually they're actually telling you that there's a fire going right now. It's building. And uh, that's not hard for me because I live in Washington state and unless they lied to us about this, which is very possible, there was more, uh, you know, wildfires last summer in the history of Washington State, and they were breaking records all, also. Now, I'm saying these fires are started artificially. People have seen real men on hills starting the fires, but they also use, like, maser technology, and that kind of th- thing has... What's about beam weaponry? People have actually seen that. These fires just explode out of nowhere. There's beams coming from... Outer space, uh, <clears throat> and you know, the way you can tell that that's all fake is just think for yourself for about thirty seconds. Do you really think they can't come up with better technology than a helicopter with a with a big uh, <clears throat> bucket of water going back and forth? That's a mockery of your intelligence when they show you that in local news. It's, see how stupid you are. You actually think that this is how you fight a forest fire. Uh, They've got nanotechnology that can put out a forest fire in probably about one second. Okay? And there's also um, people that have um, created vastly superior methods that can put them out in a few minutes. And what have I said before about trying to get these products to help humanity through the patent office? In a system of control? The Dave says is a massive cult. Uh, zero success rate. And we're not, not here to help you. Okay? We don't care about you. We serve the devil. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, This could potentially... They don't have a messianic figure here, like David Koresh, where we had to sit there week after week after week and hear this miserable word over and over again. The compound.
1: Remember that one, Bruce?
0: The compound. Oh, yeah. The compound.
1: It's not much different than the soulmate party, party down in Guyana, right?
0: So now we have to hear the word ISIS, and what I'm saying is what I've said before. A lot of things I'm saying here, I'm just repeating things I've said before. i would be the first to tell you that. Just review. And um, the, the main thing that ISIS actually has to do with, I believe, is just putting out the, the name of the goddess and circulating it out there in everybody's lips. They want see it's a psyop to get everybody to say ISIS. Have you said the word ISIS today? And you got people who are in the, on the inside, like David Bowie. Okay, and he puts out this extremely esoteric, satanic, vi- ten-minute video before they tell us that he's died. And they released the album two days ahead of time on a Friday, okay? And um, <clears throat> he's saying that this video has to do – he said this. That this is what they said. He, I'm not even assuming he even said this. I, I, I don't even believe that, but that doesn't matter. This is what they tell you he said. That's good enough. That it had to do with ISIS. Well, it does have to do with ISIS. But see, they sign up to you, you think that ISIS, no, not that ISIS, the other ISIS. Now ask yourself this question. When the public hears the word ISIS, do they think of more than one ISIS? No. Uh, Ask yourself this question. Do they talk about two ISISs in the local newspapers or on your local, you know, like on CNN or your local media? I talk about, you know, the manufactured information source. You'll hear ISIS over and over and over again. It's called psychic driving, repetition of propaganda. You'll hear nothing. Remember what I said before, you don't get anything truly esoteric on television ever. So something truly esoteric is somebody actually is doing this for a diabolical purpose to glorify the goddess ISIS because, guess what folks, that's what their religion is based on and you think that's a radical conspiracy theory, but as far as you can prove anything, that would be through mathematics. You see this redundant pattern of NASA, okay, who can't – they can't seem to um, do anything significant, even if it's fake. I'm talking about announcing announcing it to the public, and we did something real again. Ah, no, it was all fake. Ah, but it had to do with ISIS and Osiris again. Uh Uh-huh. You see? Because that's their religion. So I've talked about before how this guy has exposed how the X-Files show. Supposedly is all about ISIS and Osiris. And I actually hold to the... I'm saying this because I this is deliberate humor. People can't process this. But Mulder and Scully, <laughs> I'm absolutely convinced that they are a mockery of this coming king and queen. That's why they actually gave her red hair. They do this over and over and over and over again. And what they're actually mocking is that these two people are no different than John the Baptist and Jesus. And the Bible it said that he grew in wisdom, stature, and knowledge. That's your Messiah. And the same thing happened to John the Baptist, who Jesus said, if you can receive it, there is no one born of woman greater than John. Well, he grew in wisdom, stature, and knowledge. And you better believe if they did, then this coming king and queen of Israel are doing the same thing. Now, what they do consistently, and this is exactly what they're doing in this video that I'm talking about right now. It's called Black Star. David Bowie, he's mocking the king, who's referred to in Scripture over and over as what? David. Okay, so how many names are there in all the languages? that could potentially be this person's name? A whole heck of a lot. So it's one in all of those chances that you could have the right name. And that just happens to be his name. But in this video, Black Star, and in the other video, which I'll be talking about in great detail, Lazarus has to do with resurrection. Lazarus is the second most important person in world history to be resurrected. And David Bowie calls that the name of the video. Okay, in both of these videos, Black Star and Lazarus, he's presenting himself as a blind man. They do this over and over again. They did this. They're they're mocking this new Elijah, who's the same figure in this film called The Book of Eli. You see. Now, if you don't think you do this kind of stuff, you should see this (laughs) this video of David Bowie. He's dressed like Elijah. Kind of like a medieval Elijah. And uh, he's he's actually called a prophet. And he's up there doing all this crazy blasphemous stuff. And it's all deliberate mockery. So in the book of Eli, they present this guy as being blind. They do this over and over again. Why are they doing that? They do it in the Black Star video. They do it in the Lazarus video. His eyes are actually covered by a bandage. Okay? Okay and they're showing, they're communicating something there, that he, he's, he's, he's blind, and he needs to be healed and have his eyes opened, and he's, they're mocking him because he has these two little buttons over the bandage. That's, that's a mockery, folks, and they're, and they're black, you know what I mean? Because they could have been uh, one out of ten other colors or something like that. <clears throat> and you start seeing these patterns emerge consistently, consistently. See, people are not looking for them. That's why they don't see them. Okay, so they're mocking this person because he has to learn guess what folks just like Jesus but see the Illuminati they already know all this stuff that he's learning remember now Jesus had to learn right you want to blow some Christian minds let's put the Illuminati in the first century which I actually do and I actually believe are you ready for this one they photographed Jesus You want to take it one farther? I actually believe there's a photograph of Jesus on the Internet in the first century. (laughs) Uh, We have a forum out there that's just started. That would be a good place to put that. Now, nobody's going to prove anything, and nobody can disprove it. You know what I mean? I have reasons to believe that this is a genuine photograph of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. I believe the Illuminati has existed since the Antediluvian period, and I believe they had technology way back then. But let's put them back in the first century. If they had the ability to photograph things, it's not that hard to do it. I tell you flat out they had photography, uh, you know, like Leonardo da Vinci and stuff like that. Those inventions he was rolling out there, that's the stuff that he had permission to reveal. Understand that? Permission. Because he was one of them too, Okay. So if they had the ability, do you think that they would photograph Jesus? That is a very dumb question. Now it would be just like the Illuminati to take one of these photographs and put it out there on some bizarre conspiracy site where this person is already totally discredited, and they're programmed too, and just let it sit out there and watch people react to it. These are the things that he likes to do. That's what Dave believes actually happened. Wow. This is a very strange show.
2: Are you getting the uh, EBGBs, Bruce?
1: I'm sorry, what was that, Dave?
2: Are you
0: getting the EBGBs?
1: No. What are EBGBs?
0: That's when you feel that something is not quite right.
2: Um, this, not quite this is not
0: in accordance with your programming.
1: Well, you know... Uh, I didn't
0: see this on television. I've no, been watching I, television for 50 years, and I've never heard him talk about this.
2: Yeah, well, the... Uh,
1: um, you know, if... Uh, the de- the devil doesn't uh, devil's been around for a while, right? So he was
0: he's here doing... last week, wasn't he? Huh? He was here last week.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: not sure how far we can place him in the distant past, but I know he was here last week. Oh.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, they're not. He's not going to come out and tell everybody what he's doing, right?
0: Uh, he does both. He's behind uh,
1: yes, the revelation but... of the
0: method. But he does the same thing as his consort, this colleague goddess I'm talking about. And I've said before that she has the same agenda to him. She, um, It's it's beneficial for her to not make herself known in the big picture. But they do both. They They're constantly pointing to themselves over and over again. But it's always in a covert way. But see, when I say that they don't ever do anything esoteric, that's esoteric, but it's never explained. See, in other words, they don't try to explain anything that's truly esoteric on television. They're throwing esoteric stuff at you all, all day long. Look at all these symbols. Like, you know, C B S. What is that? That's the moon out of the eye. Okay? A B C. That's the plumed serpent, man. If you look at the um the older symbolism there Back in the 1960s and 50s? Oh, no, I'm talking about NBC now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a serpent. It's related to it. it also has to do with Phoenix symbolism.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's actually a name for Satan. I'm trying to remember it right now. It's an, actually an ancient name for Satan. That's what you have there on the ABC logo. But they're throwing all these symbols at you, and they're all esoteric. Now, ask yourself this question. How many times has television ever – I'm going to even question this. I'm going to make a statement. How many times have they ever uh, broken down one of these symbols? Now, I'm going to stop right there. They're doing some new things on, like, the History Channel. They're talking about shadow government, Okay. If they do stuff like that, they may have started like decrypting the American dollar bill. Now, what they'll do, they'll say, "Conspiracy theorists believe," right? They're not saying, you know, this is the truth. But they say conspiracy theorists are blogging about, you know, the American dollar bill has to do. You know, they will not use even terms like predictive programming. Oh no, we're not going to. We don't want to educate you about that yet. Because we're not trying to educate you. We're just throwing you titillation out there so we won't get too far behind YouTube. Because if we get too far behind YouTube, we're going to lose our audience. And so we have to keep dribbling out little meanless trivia, conspiratorial trivia, to make you feel as if you're being educated and illumined, Enlightened.
1: Ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth.
0: Mm
1: hmm
0: So that's what they're doing. And they're progressively revealing stuff. I wouldn't go so far to say revelation of the method, but it it kind of crosses over into that. To me, that's something that's more significant. Um, You're not going to get there much there on the History Channel. But the History Channel is where it's at. (laughs) They're going to tell you all about Hitler and the UFOs, and they're going to tell you that Hitler had the UFOs, even though it's virtually impossible for anybody to prove that. I don't care what kind of digital imagery you see of some kind of triangular craft in a big warehouse. That that was the Nazis. Uh, You can't prove nothing with that. Now, I don't have any kind of problem whatsoever that they had this technology. I'm just saying you can't prove it. How are you going to prove it? I said, Dave, haven't you heard of the paperclip project? Well, they talk about the paperclip project on History Channel.
2: And if you haven't heard of that,
0: that is largely propaganda, too. The evil Nazis, you see. Oh, yes. But, yeah, they did uh, bring these people over, and they were involved with our space program, NASA. But they're not going to tell you that NASA is run by Satanists, just like every other organization. They're not going to tell you that. So... I'm supposed to be impressed by that? Who cares? Can you talk about Satanism on History Channel? Can you? Now they'll have a, they'll have these documentaries on Satan. You ever see that, Bruce? Satan. Hell. Oh,
1: no, I think Hell. I think that's cool. Yeah, that?
0: a two-hour documentary on Hell. They had yeah. one on the other day. And they'll have one on Satan. But they don't ever come out and tell you that Satanists are are running NASA and the educational system, and uh, the health food industry, and everything else. Oh no, Mr. Bill, you're going to crash my reality. No, we can't talk about that, because we're Satanists, and we don't talk about ourselves, because we imitate our father and our mother. And you can tell something's haywire, because every single time that you hear ISIS and Osiris, you never, ever, ever hear Osiris first, it's always Isis. Just like you always hear the queen, but never the king. And guess who designed the chessboard to communicate the same truth? And people think I'm strange, because I talk about a matriarchal rulership in the Illuminati.
2: Yeah, they're telling us everywhere this is true. They don't talk about that in the History Channel. They want them on Satan. They don't yeah. talk about the dark goddess. <clears throat> yeah, the hey, i got to go, Bruce.
0: Um, to, uh, this guy's at uh, home, and i got to give the phone up. And uh, I'd rather do it before I actually get asked.
1: Okay. Good night, brother.
0: Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Let's do it again
1: uh,
0: whenever that will be.
1: Okay. Um
2: Help it, brother.
1: We'll see ya. Take
2: care. God bless.
1: God bless. Bye.
0: Thanks for stopping by, Eddie and Teflon and Clyde. Catch you guys later.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?